You're listening to episode 253 of the Major Issues Podcast. We'll be talking casting rumors, delays in release dates, and a sensational, incredible, downright savage She-Hulk review. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and always with me, the watcher of all things Marvel, sir, introduce yourself. Yo, what's going on y'all, it's your boy Aaron Robinson, aka A-Rob, the Marvel God, <laughs> and I'm here today bringing y'all some of the latest and greatest in Marvel news. Yeah, man, things have been going crazy this weekend, there's been a bunch yeah. of casting news, a bunch of, I think the rumors are at the height <laughs> that they've been a little for bit. a while now when it comes to stuff, Black Adam is ramping up its promotion, uh, still not really believing in you, Dwayne, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I swear they, they, they think they got one bandaid, bro. This finna fix the whole, this finna fix the whole thing. Right. You know? Just, they putting everything on black Adam. Just like this, yeah. the whole poker table, just on black, but yeah, they're really putting all the chips on black Adam, honestly. Yeah, that, that, uh, will be out next week. We haven't had a DC film since what? Suicide Squad? Uh, I want to say. Yeah, um, yeah, the Suicide Squad. Then before that was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Which was like right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Then, you know, I want to, I want to count the Zack Snyder cut. That, 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 that counts in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's definitely there. But, Let's, without further ado, let's get into what we're here to get into. Today, we'll be talking about, like we always do, covering the latest and greatest when it comes to news, and then we'll be diving fully into our She-Hulk uh, recap and review. But without further ado, as I said again, here is a Rob the Marvel God with the news. Yo, yo, yo. Hope you guys are excited. We have a lot on today's play. There's Thunderbolts news, Nova news, X-Men, Mephisto. So, bum, bum, bum. We got some <laughs> Iron Heart, Fantastic Four, and our, our friendly neighborhood, you know, Spider Man. Oh, oh, that's good. Right? He like he always stays in the news. My man always right? finds a way to stay relevant. Right? Is is that it, honestly he has to with the Sony Marvel deal? <laughs> they have to some Spidey news has to come out every week, and it, it always drums up more hype. Like exactly, that, it's our golden yeah. boy. It's Marvel's golden boy, honestly. Yeah. But, um, I, this might be one of the biggest things to come out this week. I don't know if you heard it. I've heard it. Everyone in Mama's heard it. But Harrison Ford joining the Thunderbolts to replace the late great William Hurt, Thaddeus Ross, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. And I, for one, I'm for it. It's I'm surprised, but also I'm not mad at it at all because, you know, it's Harrison Ford. And to my knowledge, I thought he was done acting, but Disney must have threw him a nice check for him to come back and, to, you know, come into the fold again. Like, what, what, what do you feel about it? it? It still shows that there's still some A-listers that haven't checked off the Marvel bo- box in their resume yet. And, Definitely. Uh, you know, there, there's still a bunch out there who um, have yet to play somebody in Marvel. I'm, I'm of two minds of this. Really? Harrison Ford, when he's motivated, can be great. But when he's not, 
when he's just going through the motions. <laughs> that it, it can you can almost feel it. And I'm worried because I thought that William Hurt did a great job in the role. Especially like when you think of Civil War, like he's not even really a villain in that. He's just a guy doing his job, you know, and yeah. um that I, I like that there. But it it's just funny because Ultimately, when all this is said and done, we're going to be left with a Hulk that wasn't the Hulk that we started with, a Thunderbolt Ross that wasn't the Thunderbolt Ross that we started with. Right, true. You know, so, yeah. it's like, <laughs> so it's like we're 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 are, uh, we're bringing our memories of what their relationship is with us. They now have to establish that relationship. Like Harrison Ford has to be some somehow some way with Bruce Banner's Hulk, right? For to make this yeah relatable, like for, yeah, like the story that we know. So. Um, there's that, and I, I wonder, everyone has been pointing at the Thunderbolt Ross of it all with Thunderbolts, but also the huge revelation um, in comics that Thunderbolt Ross eventually becomes the Red Hulk. So I'm very curious to see whether or not that's a storyline that they're willing to adapt in this. She-Hulk made a bit of a joke about it. Right. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that it's off the table. They do that all the time where they'll make a joke about something but still do it. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, man. What do you, you know that, that it though? might come? You um, think we might get Red Hulk? I, man, anything's up for... Ever since Phase 4 started, it's like anything is possible because it's really just the unthinkable waiting to happen. We might yeah. get Red Hulk, but it might be a version of the Red Hulk that we were not expecting, but like, once again, we're not mad at seeing it, you know? It's right. like, holy yeah. crap, it's Red Hulk. It's not the Red Hulk we wanted, but it's Red Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think people will be once once he's introduced. If they do introduce him, who like why wouldn't they? Who who would be mad about that? You know, not seeing that. But when they do introduce him, I don't think people will be more so about uh, will be upset about how he was introduced. They'll just be happy once he's here, wrecking yeah. stuff and just you know flaming it up as Red Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And Marvel, you already know I already created a fix all for you. Make him a scroll. <laughs> Right there, it is. Falls a scroll. There's the right right there. Scroll. That's why he looks different. It's a whole thing. Throwing Don Cheeto and Terrence Howard in there. Scrolls. Yeah, that's it. That's it, bro. (laughs) Make it go full circle. But yeah, I mean, um, it was something that they have been talking about for a while now with this Harrison Ford news. Now we are closer to confirmation. I I want to see how it all goes. Um, we haven't had many recastings. This it's funny because literally the day that this news broke a vp for uh, marvel had came out and spoke about you know them choosing not to recast the chala and how yeah. how taxing of a role that would be for a new actor a young actor to try to step into those shoes and then we get, <laughs> get the recasting of thunderbolt ross but um, obviously two completely different situations but it was funny that that's the track that marvel was on you know they get to pick and choose which of these characters do come back and you would have to think if they went so far as to replace you know i I say replace but the guy's not even around um if they go so far as to recast for general ross he's gonna do something they need him for some reason or else they could have just you know went another way about it yeah definitely like he does serve a a pretty grandiose role in the overall story of the Hulk. He's been his main antagonist since the beginning, for real. Even if in the background with Shadow Base and the Gamma Base and all the and Alpha Flight and all the other Hulk experiments and super soldiers out there, like General Ross for the most part was behind all that. 
So it'll be yeah. really interesting going forward with the MCU with Harrison Ford playing his character to see if he has more of a heavier hand going forward in the MCU, like with maybe I see him in NWO and of course Thunderbolts and you know, hopefully you might see him in whatever the MCU does with Sakaar, with Scar and Hulk being back on Earth now, you know? Yeah. Hopefully we will see some of that character. You were just talking about him being, like, integral to so many different plot points in the MCU. It, I think people forget, and I forgot until you brought it up right now, he's the connective tissue of the MCU. He's the f person Tony Stark talks to. He's what starts the connective... Uh, you know, the idea of all these universes and movies being connected from Iron Man in 2008 to Incredible Hulk in 2008, where Thunderbolt Ross is the man who talks to Tony Stark about this Hulk problem, quote unquote. So, like, he's been in <laughs> the, the beginning. This, yeah, day one, man. So, that's it's kind of incredible. Um, and I guess at that <laughs> point, you did there. <laughs> at that point, you would have to, you'd have to keep that character around or at least give him a fitting. A conclusion which might be the whole red hulk arc in general definitely definitely um but man hopefully we we definitely get to see what harrison ford brings to the table as thunderbolt ross i it's it's harrison ford he can play old and gruff and just i'm ready to retire yesterday roles. i feel like he's been <laughs> old and gruff for like the last 40 years man <laughs> He's definitely all ready to, but you know, they keep throwing in them checks. So he's like, hey, man, you'll put that earring in. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, st he's still good. Right. But uh, next up, uh, man, I, man, this has kind of been everywhere since Werewolf by Night dropped. Um, rumors, rumor mirrors has been spinning on this one, y'all. Get your salt shaker ready next year. Put on your tinfoil hats. But uh, Nova, yep, yep. special presentation. You know, it was reportedly in development. Well, it's actually in development. At Disney Plus, and with that announcement too, there's also been another rumor with that Nova special presentation that the X Men are also getting a special presentation feature episode with a bunch of other characters from the famous X Men franchise. Ah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've looked everywhere to see if this is conclusive, not conclusive, fact or yeah. fake, real or right. not. I've been on Twitter just going around in circles. And it just seems like it's just a rumor. So take it with a massive grain of salt. <laughs> right. I but, would say this works best for Nova. I think the X Men would be a bit too much because, in my opinion, you kind of need to focus on all of them. Like there's so many of them that would need this so this treatment, many. this special presentation treatment. Um, the Nova thing is weird to me because I've always felt like if they wanted to do Nova, they had it teed up with Thanos destroying that planet Xandar. oh yeah Xandar. like literally one sentence he's like oh yeah when when thanos came to Xandar and took the power stone oh we right. go yeah so i'm like that's you got okay so there's one last nova core member nova he's you know and he's been taking uh revenge for Xandar. i guess maybe these things will be alluded to more in guardians which i think comes out next year um nova hasn't been announced in, in any form that we we're, we're uh knowledgeable of so he might be coming way down the line um i like the, these special presentations we reviewed werewolf by night in the last episode if you didn't check it out so go ahead and check that out um if we're playing around with stuff it would be cool to get like almost like a rocketeer-esque nova like like really like a like a like a retro spaceship what's what's flash gordon kind of oh you know? okay like that like, 80s like look at dodgers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice yo the uh, richard rider 
Yeah, yeah. Movie you know, perfect for that. And I've yeah, seen a lot of would, waves about that, cool. that with like the different kind of Nova characters people have been wanting to see. Like it's it's really a, like a 50-50 split between Richard Ryder or um the younger Nova. Sam Alexander. And I'm yeah, seeing a lot Sam. of people do not want Sam. <laughs> the 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 people are calling for Richard. But we're in the we are in the phase of legacy at the moment. So I can totally see the special presentation being about Richard. And then maybe the helmet Definitely. gets given to Sam, and then we, we we continue things off in that direction there. But um, yeah, I I they were, I remember when everyone was, um, guessing that this phase was going to be the big space phase, and it actually hasn't been. It's been more about relics and magic and religions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I do remember that scene that way back when that they were gonna like split, like the MCU into like you know world city like you know in a collective storytelling then you know the big space epics space yeah. saga stories will be signed then you know once the avengers movie come around it all comes together again you know yeah but yeah. they they've completely changed the landscape going forward now we're getting a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of this a little bit of that from, and now it's just like i i we eating this mobile fans i'm not bad <laughs> yo totally <laughs> and nothing but content but it I think they moved everything. I mean, Miss, uh, the Marvels comes out in the next phase. Guardians comes out in the next phase. Those we know are confirmed to be space-faring, you know, films and stuff. Yeah. So they might that might be when we start tackling some of those uh, bigger concepts. We also introduced a whole host of street-level villains in this, or heroes and villains in this phase, with the Shang Chi's, the Chen Rings, the Moon Knights, the you know all that kind of stuff there. Right. So we might have we might have started on the ground level, and we're building up towards the bigger time stuff and dimension stuff, and then um, space, right? The big is, multiversal stuff, like what everyone's waiting for, Kang. <laughs> but uh, definitely the Nova. I can definitely see them doing a Nova special presentation just like with the werewolf by night episode just like you know you guys check that out you know we did a podcast on it last week yeah. um <laughs> it's a good way to help introduce those obscure characters that really don't have the spotlight of like the x-men spider-man the avengers you know like those big well-known names that sell that you see in kids you know book bags you know you wear it on their clothes you, they wear it on their clothes like big names yeah. So the special, the special presentations would be a good way to just introduce those obscure characters, the really not known characters, the C-listers, B-listers into the grand scheme of things. It just, I, I guess for like a better word, for a shorter version of what they did with Wanda over a long time, because no one really knew, unless you were a comic book reader, who the Scarlet Witch was. And when he introduced her, we didn't know where her character was going until we got to WandaVision. Right. You know, when she was finally the scarlet witch so they're trying i feel like they're kind of conducing that like like miniaturizing that to really introduce those obscure characters but instead of just giving them the big screen treatment and then just giving them small parts until you get to the sh their own show you know yeah i got a bit of a controversial take not every character has a bomb origin story you know, if you've seen if you've seen some origin stories, you kind of seen them all. And some of these characters are badass, but we don't have to take it to the formulaic, you know, start from the very beginning. Here's the origin story. Like we just dropped in on Jack Russell in um Werewolf by Night. You know? We didn't see yeah. where he started, where he's going. We literally just dropped in for a day in the man's life. Um and some some of that I want more of because it also makes the MCU feel lived in. Um Definitely. I, 
we'll get to it when we talk about She-Hulk, but a lot of people were kind of miffed about like the constant B and C and D characters in the world. And I just think that in a in a universe that's created, I think we're closing on 30 films. Yeah. Um it can still feel very small. It can still feel very like this is happening over there and this is happening over there and they're not really uh, interacting. But when you think of where, how we live now in, in this like kind of global, um, global world, I feel like that's a, <laughs> like I'm saying the same thing twice, but the, the fact that we're so in touch now with things that are happening in different countries and, and stuff like that, we need to start fleshing this out a bit more. And not everybody that you see is going to be a list. Or B-list, and some of those D-list characters are gonna get raised, and some of those B-list or C-list characters may get lowered in the sense that, like, we don't got time to give you, you know, nine episodes the same way we would a Moon Knight or a She-Hulk or any of that kind of stuff. So they have to, it, they have to look at the grand scheme and dole out, you know, who gets what treatment. <laughs> and um, the fact that they're even considering Nova, I think, is pretty cool. Um, and I want to see Guardians was our, I feel like almost a tease into Marvel Cosmic. It gets so much crazy, uh, so Man. crazy. And like, you know, we haven't touched, you know, the, Anni the Annihilation Wave. We haven't touched Galactus or Silver Surfer, you know, uh, those concepts there. And you got to think that that's where we're going post uh, multiversal uh, saga stuff. So um, let's go to space, bro. I'm ready. Let's do it. Right, baby. I got my spacesuit ready. It's it's kind of <laughs> dusty, but I'm gonna dust it off. But I'm definitely ready for like the space faring adventures. Like Nova is so pivotal when it comes to like those space epics. He was literally the him and Star front and center of the Annihilation Wave. Like yep. and the Thanos Imperative. Like they've had some of the dopest stories in comics, especially the love interest. Now that 2014 Gamora is in the present universe, we might see her actual relationship between her and Richard Ryder play out actually on the big screen you know Stoller might get another jaded knot in his belt <laughs> of issues <laughs> yeah and how cool would it be to get like a we don't have like a man of the law on any of the teams like we don't have like a man right. of like I guess you could say John Walker a bit but like um the Annihilation Wave storyline and all that Annihilus really raised um Richard Ryder's stock now Unfortunately, I don't believe he made out of that. <laughs> he made that. He made out of that. Uh, uh, great. Didn't have any good arcs after that? Yeah, no. But it there is a subset of fan that remembers that Nova, and they want that Nova. You know, so um, maybe maybe they'll get their wish. There was a lot of uh, hubbubaloo being said that it might be Ryan Gosling. Um, oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, sure. I wouldn't be mad about the handsome man. I mean, hey, yeah, it is. He can it pull is. it off. He can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be like the Cyclops until we get Cyclops. What's the MCU without another handsome pretty boy, you know? <laughs> that's it. A handsome pretty boy by the book. Let's let's do it. But like definitely like like the, the special presentations, like it's it's a definitely a good direction for Marvel to go in just to introduce those characters, especially with like a, the rumor of the X-Men special presentations. Like I Mind you, people, take this with a grain of salt. But yeah. it, Marvel Studios is planning to introduce like every major mutant individually by giving them an hour long Disney Plus special. Now, let's pause on that. 
<laughs> now they need to this is a rumor because i'm like define every major mutant because right that's what i'm you're saying an x-men like, you're a major mutant 100 <laughs> like, yeah and then the opposition you're a, horseman, you're a major mutant you're an x-force you were like what is major is that like just the 90s like x-men blue and gold teams like everyone knows or just like everyone's like fan well-known favorite like or you know like, what does right. that mean yeah, but so I'm like taking it with a grain of salt because they they were definitely going to focus on introducing their backstories and making those familiar or specific characters reestablished for the MCU, like kind of like instead of like us shedding the '90s, um, I guess lens of the X Men characters and introducing them for the MCU. You know, right. these are characters that are going to make jokes. These are characters that are going to be serious. And sometimes a serious seriousness is going to be underplayed by a joke, you know, or something. Yeah. But it's, it definitely might help inter- open the door for those newer fans who don't really know of the X-Men except for the old Fox films. So, but yeah, this is going to be, it. It, this is going to be tricky in general. Um, you're talking about characters that mean a lot to a lot of people. And how they get introduced into the MCU is going to dictate how they get treated, how they get portrayed, their presentation. Exactly. It means a lot to a lot of people, their casting. I mean, I feel like right now we're at a point where people are like foaming at the mouth, like they're frothing. They they really, really want to know where this is going. And we haven't gotten a whiff. You know, we've gotten a bunch of rumors, just like the one we're discussing right now. And um, I don't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if Marvel themselves have been sitting there trying to see how they would crack this, you know, <laughs> how they would reintroduce all of these characters, make them all make sense, but also have them live, lived, feel lived in in the world that we already are ha- have fell in love with, which is the MCU. Which is why right. I think this stuff will probably happen more post, uh, you know, um, Secret Wars. But yeah, it's Definitely. like it's like. Okay, I, like it's not going to impress me if they nail the Wolverine characterization because we just did that. We did that for ten years. You know, that fifteen years. Um, give me a good Cyclops. You understand? Give me a good Beast. Give me those other ancillary characters that make the comics so on fire. Like I want to see a better um, Emma Frost. Like Emma Frost has been killing X Men comics for ten years. You know, we, we got one in first class, and she was she was okay. But it's like I I. I want to see a more commanding version of that character. Oh, you forgot the one in Origins, right? <laughs> oh yeah, there was. It was the sister. She, it was, she was sister. the sister, right? To, man, whatever dude, that chick was. Diamond pose, yeah. the black guy. <laughs> and then that's when you got that uh, de-aged Patrick Stewart, that horror show. Yeah, that was standing. That. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. But like, Ridiculous. definitely, like we would definitely need those characters that didn't get that love in the Fox films that. Are really just the most fire characters in the comics to be portrayed actually accurately through the MCU lens. Like, give yeah. us a good Cyclops, give us a Beast, give us Angel, give us a, give us Jean Grey, and do it yeah. right, please. Yeah, <laughs> and she doesn't <laughs> like, have to always be a freaking train wreck. Like, it doesn't always have to get to that point of like they they introduce her and it becomes like the Titanic. Like you're just waiting for the thing to sink because the right, story they want to do is yeah. the Dark Phoenix saga. So it's like if if you know that that character always leads to that, then you have to do like um, Spider Man did, where it's like, well, if we introduce Gwen, we know where that goes, so we're gonna kind of skirt around that <laughs> because right, you, you know, just know, you just know what's it. Characters introduced, you just know a story is gonna end a certain way. For all those who are familiar with comics, like if you know 
You've seen Green Goblin and Gwen Stacy in the movie. You know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Like, you know. People have been bubbling about. That's kind of how people got with Wanda. You know, they're like, uh, hello, we know what she does. We need to get there because exactly like, she hasn't really been doing it. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, we're waiting for her to say, uh, no more mutants. Like, we, it, <laughs> it, 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 is it going to happen? Kevin, right. let us know. Come on. Right. What's happened after Secret Wars? <laughs> yeah. And it's those expectations that I think, you know, can make or break some of these characters. We'll talk about the Hulk and his expectations for what they thought was going to go on with him and where they got. But yeah. Those, those, those expectations for the Hulk are, dare I say, incredible. Incredibly high. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they incredibly are. Incredibly high. Yep, and Marvel's been doing some pretty savage uh, things with them. So, <laughs> <laughs> all the puns, stay here for me, y'all. We're here. There, there <laughs> We're dropping all the a bombs. That's it. Oh, there you go. Hey, I like that. But um, I could definitely see them trying to like do some. Well, I want to say like special presentations, but definitely still introducing mutants in the shows and in the movies like how they did with professor x and miss marvel being a mutant you know like they're going to slowly introduce those characters in the background of everything and then at the secret wars you know once all the avengers stories are done you know now the next 10 15 years will be the x-men carrying an mcu forward i feel like there's going to be a little there's going to be a build-up to that they're going to introduce those characters to help flesh out this world that we're going to be a part of going forward Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and um we this whole thing was laid out in i feel like they're they're finding their groove right because the entirety of this whole universe was introduced to us in films and they're like okay well we now have to find a way to break that into episode episodic kind of um introductions with these shows and now they have a third method of delivery you know so they can literally right. tear tear their heroes and their storylines and be like okay we're delivering those this way this way and this way and they'll all line up like the conveyor belt is working it's it's uh the k dot e dot v dot i (laughs) is in full effect uh i trust it i trust it i trust it too like hopefully instead of just like everybody coming together and just the giant big uh climactic epic movie summer blockbuster you know hopefully they drop a show that's just Three episodes and each one just an hour long on the platform that just shows yeah. all the the show characters just coming together. Who who knows? I'm 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 here for it. Like you said, the conveyor belt's going, all the content's coming out, and we are eating. I'm not mad about it, people. <laughs> not, not mad, mad at all. Not but mad at like all. with this next bit of news though, man, some some people <laughs> some people have mixed reactions. Some people are just like side beside themselves, but you may have seen it. I I'm for it, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50, honestly. I'm thinking about it. But Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah. Yep. Will poorly play Mephisto. Not the base Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Studios Ironheart. Like, I... What do you, what do you think, George? <laughs> I kind of sort of love it. I kind of sort of love it. And it's because... Um, I have been a fan of, of Sasha, I believe is how he says it. I've been a fan of his for a very long time. Um, and I've seen him do a bunch of different stuff. I saw him play a bit villainy and, um, I think it's Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah. The barber, uh, the, uh, the, the Italian dude. Oh yeah. um... Yeah. The fancy, the fancy barber. And he's, and Moulin Rouge. And he's a jerk in that. He's just straight up a jerk. He's not like, you know, a cartoonish jerk or anything like that. He just kind of a dick so like i i 
the devil in Marvel has always been played as somebody who is just having fun at all this. This is not like, you know what I'm saying? Like when he's making these yeah. deals, when he's doing this stuff, it's a game to him. He He's going to live forever. He's going to be here for all time. So none of this stuff is make or break. He just wants to see if he can do it. And I feel like that, that he embodies that sort of chaotic energy. Um, Definitely. Uh, Cohen does. What I would like to say for those who I think had an immediate strong reaction against this casting He's not gonna show up and be like, my wife. Like, that's not. Yeah, that's I'm not a sister. Yes, Prince of Lies. Yeah, Very that's nice. Not, that's not what he's here for. You know, the guy is is more than that. Um, as Pattinson was more than uh, Twilight, as uh, Ledger was more than Brokeback Mountain. You know, like there there are certain roles that people will take, and people want to pigeonhole them in that sense. And I don't blame them. Borat is probably the biggest thing most people saw with him in it or starring him. Um, it was a world phenomenon. <laughs> easily, easily. So I, I don't blame them for that being their first thought. But I think we are going to be uh, interested in his portrayal of this. I think another interesting thing about this is that. Um, the hood is in this show, Ironheart, and the you know in the comics, I believe he gets his powers from Dormammu or the Dark Dimension. Um, yeah, and he so, gets his powers from like a demon that inhabited the Dark Dimension. He just stole his boots and his hood from him. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the idea that this is gonna be played by you know uh, Cohen, I think it's pretty funny with that. And I also love that this. This devil, this demon, is seemingly something only alluded to in the Disney Plus shows, right? When you talk about yeah. like the Wanda stuff, and you talk about um, all the Mephisto confirmed jokes, and and um, now with this, you know, the stuff with She Hulk and Madison, yeah, the stuff with She Hulk and Madison. Like it seems like it, it's funny that we have like a street level devil. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> funny that we have like a Disney Plus exclusive demon that, that you know <laughs> that's just hanging out with people down here and last thing i'll say on this icing on the cake he just has to mention that he met madison and i think that this this makes it all worthwhile that would be amazing he's like just oh i met the nice girl her name was madison with two hands <laughs> and one why but that where you think <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be yeah. great yeah, man. She made a pack with a demon. I don't know what else she agreed to. Who knows? Right, right. who knows? She, she she sacrificed six drops of her blood, you know, ended up at the portal with a beat, still beating heart of somebody. Who knows? It's mm. <laughs> <laughs> a bit rough. But yeah, the casting uh, two red people were big casting news this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know. As the holidays get closer, we get more red and green love. Yeah, it's a... funny. That's Super really interesting. Funny. Super interesting. <laughs> But also with Sasha Borkut, uh, with his announcement, that rumor, you know, like he's also filming scenes with our, for um, Agatha, you know, the Coven of Darkness or the Coven of uh, uh, Chaos. Chaos, Coven of Chaos, yeah. I think that's all going to, you know, tie into this underlining storyline of uh, technology versus magic. Because, you know, way back in the Thor movies, they had that, he said that line of like, he comes from a place where they're one and the same. Now we're getting to a place where they're starting to flesh that out even more, that these concepts... Yes, they're truly different, but at the same time, they're kind of one in the same. Because what is advanced technology or to a, to a uh, species or a really, you know, not as advanced race? If you showed them like a phone, they probably think you were a wizard or something because it was magic yeah. or something they haven't seen. So now going forward to MCU, I feel like they're really fleshing those concepts out of magic 
versus technology as you know you know with the dark hole introduced and more of these supernatural mystic concepts are being introduced they're really starting to dive into that concept of magic versus technology which was more dominant can they be one in the same or can they just yeah. destroy each other you know right um and we the the first phase of this was built on technology when you consider iron man you know um yeah, and definitely and, yeah Coming, coming, coming now into this whole phase of magic is pretty interesting. Also, the idea that this thing is called Coven of Chaos, to my knowledge, a coven is a group of witches. Like, are, yep. is, she, is she recruiting? Are they saving her? Uh, what's what's going on there? Again, very curious as to what that show means and what that show will be. But if you include the Mephisto in there with everyone saying that you know he was confirmed or at least was had something to do with Westview. Um, if you bring him in, then you can see the wand of it all right there, too. When we were talking last week about her possibly getting a solo project, they're doing the math right there almost for us to get us to where that, you know, maybe they got to get digger out of hell or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like the seeds are already planted, like literally from Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision, Coven of Chaos, Ironheart with Red Hood being an antagonist, with, with Mephisto being like the, I guess, the benefactor, not the benefactor, or, or the benefactor. Yeah, He's the yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like those. He was bored on a Tuesday. Elements. Like he just. Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna sow some seeds of chaos on Earth <laughs> yeah, real that, quick. That's it. <laughs> yeah, like this is definitely like a good way for that concept of the supernatural, that evil side of sorcery mysticism that we kind of got a little taste of in Multiverse of Madness that we got a little bit of in Doctor Strange. You know, with um Caecilius and the Dark Dimension. Mm. I wouldn't count that as really dark sorcery. That was another being from another dimension and he left his essence on our or a way for him to come to our planet that's not really super now that's just another cosmic being you know we yeah, haven't really got the devils and demons and monsters that's, a, that's an interesting concept because caecilius was made to seem like a zealot he wasn't meant to seem like somebody who was actually told the truths like he was like he was an acolyte of Dormammu's, but we never heard Dormammu speak any of this stuff. We never seen yeah. that Dormammu's going out of his way to be the puppet master behind the strings. So it makes Cassilius look more crazy than devoted. It looks like he took part of the lesson and took it to the tenth degree. So uh, Dormammu doesn't look sadistic or you know um, like a sociopath or any of those kind of things. He's just. And he just living it. It was just an entity living in his own kind of. Yeah, he's, and the, these just, guys are gonna I'll free just, him. Yeah, just come, just conquer this universe, conquer this one, just do my thing. You know. Yeah, I'm not evil. I'll just do what. I, <laughs> I mean, but well, with Mephisto, you can literally be evil. You can torture. You can. Right. He um, literally is the king and, of lies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like his, with his introduction, is definitely going to be crazy. Oh my god, Mephisto! I, I, hear, I hear people wanted Tom Ellis. That would have been a pretty funny casting knowing that he played lucifer in uh in, for dc uh on that show there but i i get it i also get it you know like how, how i felt about sasha being announced or rumored like kind of how i felt about howard stern being announced oh, to play yeah, Doctor Doom, Doctor like Doom the same. Stuff. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, this is interesting kevin yeah like he either they they see something that we don't see but it's like i'm excited for it because marvel doesn't miss yeah i mean think about it. in 2013 they gave us sir ben kingsley as the mandarin <laughs> like yeah like <laughs> what, what? what yeah and then, and then and then when it finally comes the, the the twist of it all it's like 
okay, Oscar winning Ben Kingsley is actually not the Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They made him a joke. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Honestly. And oh, yeah, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. Tom Ellis, Lucifer, another rumor. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it a rumor. I my saw. I always have my saw shaker next to me. I gotta watch my cholesterol, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in talks. Apparently, he's in talks to play Reed Richards, Mister okay. Fantastic, old lanky arms himself. Yeah, Armstrong. <laughs> like, is it still between him and that. um? Is it still be between him and the guy from you? That's what yep. I keep seeing everywhere. It, it is. That's what I say. It's a rumor. Like it's. I'm yeah. until Marvel comes out and says something officially. Like I'm. Oh, my salt shaker is right next to me. Take it like a salt shaker. <laughs> yeah, while the X, while people are frothing at the mouth to see what the X Men are going to be, where we already got to the fan casting portion of the fandom for Fantastic Four, because that's something that's on the slate. It's on the slate. It's it's they have a date for it. X Men doesn't. So you know, people will sit there and. Uh, speculate but only for so long because we don't know when it's coming fantastic four that debate keeps on coming because we know we're getting closer and closer with every pro uh uh project so um i i'm there i don't nothing i've seen the fantastic four movies none of them screamed out to me like that's reed richards that's sue storm that's johnny blaze um no, not i johnny feel blaze. you on that like it was me? like it was like a family friendly like introduction to him like they, they tried to stay as accurate to the comics yeah. because they were the comics first family but like they didn't really embody well human torch did but <laughs> like mr fantastic really didn't scream mr fantastic like what you said like yeah i feel yeah. on that i think another possibly controversial statement that i'll make is that um jonathan hickman transformed that family in in 2000 in the mid 2000s um, with his run on that family and so those movies predate what i think is the best modern interpretation of that family so it couldn't have been anything other than what people sort of remembered from the 60s like that's 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 what that those movies are like what they kind of remembered about those about that stuff um they didn't have an opportunity to bite into something modern because it hadn't been written yet it hadn't been created by the genius that is jonathan hickman and now that they have that roadmap they'd be ridiculous not to take it once once it comes over to the MCU. It's all there, and it's some of the best stuff. They found a way to make um, the Fantastic Four unavoidable in Marvel. There was a time where you could just like not read their books or not uh, really fuck with their adventures, and Facts. you wouldn't miss anything. They'd be in another dimension for 10 years, so it didn't really matter. But they right, found, yeah. their, uh, found a way to make them integral, make them um, important, make them dangerous decision makers. Um, and that's what I want for their portrayal in this. And I care about that almost more than casting, CGI, any of that. Director, just please, please. We some of the some good work's been done on behalf of this family. Right, <laughs> some, keep, keep it true creators. to the comics. Like, yeah, like right, you said, yeah. Jonathan Hickman, and like you said, or like with the movies, like those earlier movies. Yeah, they just tried to embody that old 60s 70s writings of the fantastic four it was campy it was live fun adventures it was colorful mm -hmm. it was jokey it was you know kind of corny yeah. but with the jonathan hickman writing yeah it'd be insane for them not to follow it but bro you ever seen that that single issue comic 
with a uh, thing where no, there's no words. It's after Johnny Storm. Oh yeah, the other side of that thing. Some of the Bro. best, <laughs> like quality of just penmanship and art. Just all, no all the words. emotions of characters to show, just tell the story. It was yeah. twenty. It was twenty, twenty-two pages, and it was just great. No words, just emotion. Yeah, and that's yeah. great storytelling. Yeah. Like it, it, we're definitely gonna see that with the new Fantastic Four, De- definitely, definitely, definitely. Like, it, oh my gosh! Like, it, and they're gonna make it true to what they are today. They are comics' first family. They are explorer adventurers. And they are they they're Fantastic Four. They do the impossible. And we're going to see that. And I think with all these rumors, I think like it is just like on the edge of a city, like, come on, who, who's going to do, who's going to do, who's going to embody these characters? Like who's going to be the smartest man in the multiverse, arguably? Like who's going to be the leader of the council reads? Like who's going to be this, the sassy miss invisible woman? Who's going to be like, yo, yo, it's clobbering time. Like who's going to be yeah. like, it's play more. Like we're like, I'm, I think I'm embodying that fandom right now. Like yeah, <laughs> totally. No, totally. Yeah. And the thing is like with the read of it all, I think it's very important important that you have somebody that can play um obviously smart commanding leadership kind of role but there has to be a bit of danger to him because i think hickman introduced a level of intelligence in the man that made him dangerous that made him mess with things he shouldn't mess with take chances he probably should have that's true you know all that kind of stuff definitely became more of a i want to say a devil may cry character because he was extremely intelligent but he always lacked what was it? Hindsight when it comes restraint? to restraint? A little bit. There it is. Restraint. Yeah, like, because just, because, like, when you know when it comes to the impossible, nothing's at, you know, going to stop you from achieving your goal because it's Reed Richards. That's all he does is the impossible. So yeah. when you try to do the impossible, you overlook the things that can, you know, destroy your universe. On occasion, opening gateways, you know, that kind of stuff. Releasing an interdimensional demon because you tried to harness the energy source to help Or zombies. Or zombies. Like that, we need that read that we're not surprised. Oh, yeah, yep, he just did some bullshit, so now we got to deal with some bullshit. Right, he is the master of cleaning up his own messes. I will see him and Peter. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to stop blaming everything on Tony. <laughs> right, blame it on the other smart guy, not yep. not the not the one that turns green. The other one, yes, yes, the, the, one the, the other one, the other 60s. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the callbacks. But uh, this last bit of news, um, Fall Boy, Peter Parker, Spider Man. Um, well, it it's kind of used to me, and it's kind of left field for me. It surprised me, George. I, I I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys who heard it out there, but um. The, MCU Spider-Man 4 begins right after Daredevil Born Again and leads right into Deadpool 3, which is getting released in September of 2024. Now, I bet you're wondering why I'm saying this, right? Well, Spider-Man gets a tentative release date on July 12th of 2024. Market calendars, people. Yeah, that's uh that's that's a big summer. That's just that was gonna be the same year that um they dropped fantastic four but that's moved to of of all days valentine's day of 2025 uh for the fantastic four now um yeah you know you had came in with the rumors that they wanted to do some sort of spider-man deadpool thing and this almost adds fuel to the fire with their release dates being so close now um i will say again another something else a bit controversial 
I'm not calling this film Spider-Man 4. The only film that's going to be called Spider-Man 4 is the film that Toby does if he does yep. another one. Yep, you that's, right the only, about, yep. that's the only Spider-Man 4. When I saw the, the, the rumors and the headlines, the Spider-Man 4 is coming. I'm like, oh, they're getting Toby again. They're like, oh, no, it's yeah. Tom Holland. And I'm like, eh. See, that's why we got to say MCU's only, Spider-Man yeah, 4. <laughs> you totally got to. Um there there was rumors for a while that seeing the interest that people had in uh no way home that they might try to see see if there was any more gas in the andrew garfield tank um which would be interesting moving forward i gotta think that since no way home they've been trying to figure out what they could do next with spider-man obviously there's always new adventures and stuff but this this has to be more I feel like this one's going to be more connected. I feel like this one's going to be more. Um... What's the point of making the world forget about Peter Parker being Spider-Man if you're going to then push him into like Daredevil and <laughs> Deadpool? Right. I think they're going to go in a whole new direction with uh, Peter. Like he was an Avenger. Now they're but now that he has no Avenger friends and no family, no no friends at all. Now they're about to. Start him from the bottom, actually, from the street level. Him meeting Daredevil, Punisher, actually becoming a bane in Kingpin's side when he's yeah. trying to get his king, like his Kingpin empire built up from drug smuggling and guns and trafficking and all that. You, who's going to stop all that? The friendly neighborhood Spider Man. <laughs> I want, they need to bring back, what the heck is this guy's name? Wesley? Oh, Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> Man, I, my favorite, like, I love good, like, assistant characters. Like, they just yeah. handle business. They get the job done. They're trustworthy loyalty. Wesley was a good henchman. Like, yeah. It. And he always looked like he smelled something terrible in the room. And that's why he was a, like, <laughs> that's facts. Like, yeah, he just, like, just over everything, <laughs> just over it all. Like, I'm um, ready to leave now. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to see in the next uh Spider-Man chapter? At this point when this film comes out, there will have been uh what? Seven, no, not eight live action films prior for this character, a whole host of villains, a whole bunch of plot points. What what can they do in this you think to kind of set set it from there or are we in a point with this character in the MCU where it's going to seem more episodic like we're just Here's just another episode of the <laughs> MCU Spider-Man stuff. Because I feel like that's what the Homecoming or the Home series has been. It doesn't really feel like epic, life-changing Spider-Man stuff. It kind of feels like you're turning on a episode, a long episode <laughs> of a True. Spider-Man television show. It did feel like that. That was probably one of the longest origins in the MCU. Just three <laughs> yeah. movies? Yeah, right. I, yeah. I feel it. That was great storytelling. But man, didn't see that coming. No, <laughs> not at all. Man, with so many Spider-Man movies that exist and are rumored to like be made into release, like I, with man, I Spider Verse. I gotta want to yeah. start at the end, like kind of yeah. like Spider Verse, Death of Spider-Man, the Morlands introducing Miles. That's that's honestly for me the best way for the MCU to go once they finish Peter Parker's story on the street level, then him becoming an Avenger again. And then, you know, I, he's been rumored to, well, not rumored, he is getting another trilogy, people. This is happening. At the yeah. end of that, Death of Spider-Man is the only thing that can top the Death of Iron Man in the MCU. And is to give us that, that, that pure heart stab. 
you know, just a send off to a great character. He had a great run just, and then, you know, it's okay because MCU Spider-Man, Tom Holland is gone. We still have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. We still have a whole multiverse variants. Tom Holland can still come back as another variant of himself. Yeah, but that would kind of underplay the death of Spider-Man. So we can shelf that for another time. (laughs) No, but what you say is pretty interesting because I think like you were just talking about how this almost packages in a nice little tight bow something for the end of um, Tom Holland Spider-Man. May I suggest also tying up Toby. If you do to Toby what they did to Chris Pine Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse movie, exactly. the world the world will flip the hell out. You know what I'm saying? Damn. If Morlun just yanked up Toby and just, you know, he just took him out. just yeeted him on screen. <laughs> and every, just took him out. Every adult, like, from, like, age 28 to 45 will cry, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I think it's, I think Spider-Verse was incredibly done. I couldn't have done it better. But if we're going to try to adapt into live action, I think it's even cooler that the people that come for help are people that he knows. The Andrew Garfields, etc. You understand? You know, yeah, uh, uh, that would be super cool if we're going to go in that direction. And like you said, tie this all up. But then like, I feel like Spider-Verse is so endgame How do you scale back? How do you, you know, like... That's very true. Spider Verse is like the end game for Spider stories. You would have to start with Miles again from the bo- from the bottom, right? It started from the beginning, do the Uncle Aaron of it all, and and kind of get back to to a level Uncle there. Aaron. Yeah, but even them, even he's kind of treading water in the comics right now. Like they seemingly haven't found the next big thing to chew on with that character. Yeah, um, that's very true. Because so far it's kind of like he's been echoing some of um Peter's like. Famous uh, story arcs between the Clone Saga and him just his introduction. He has had his own Sinister Six like storyline. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, like it's really besides him being a, a champion and a young Avenger and whatnot. Like they really haven't found his own mainstay place for him to, to shine on his own yet. But I have hope for that character if and when they introduce him into the MCU, there will be a massive outpour of love just because of the Spider Verse films. And yeah. just for representation's sake, we have a black Spider-Man on screen. Like, holy shit. That would be dope as hell. His web swing will be fucking d- will be sick. Like, come on. We've all played the Spider-Man yeah. games. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Miles Morales. That, that'd be totally cool. I also thought that, you know, he had a pretty big grown-up arc in Civil War too. Where he oh, has yeah, to decide definitely. whether or not to to you know uh, let fate <laughs> as 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 was dictated uh, carry on or not like that was some of the more big boy stuff because sometimes they treat the champions like they're at the kids table and I yeah. feel like they they should kind of bump them up a little bit you know like they don't they don't be playing the titans like that you know like they they be letting the titans come on and help and shit so yeah they seem bloodshed like you know yeah the champions need a little bit more respect in that in that uh vein and i would like to see miles deal with some bigger um bigger repercussions for some of this stuff you were saying before that um this is the longest origin story. It's funny, the two Spider-Man movies that we saw prior couldn't wait to graduate his ass. Like, couldn't wait to get him out of school. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, we were seeing a grown <laughs> Peter Parker. Like, well, I lost all the relatability. I'm still in high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and if we continue with Tom, Tom will be a man. You know, it will. We're where it's in half a decade. No, in like four years, we it would be ten years of him being in this role. 
in just four years. So considering that his film is supposed to come out in 2024, he'll be in that role for eight years at that point, you know? So he's going to be, you know, his voice is going to be a little deeper. He's going to be a little bit more wizened. That's an interesting, that's another interesting look for that character, uh, in my opinion. Definitely if they age him up to, I guess, well, for storytelling purposes, they hit us with one of those eight months later, a year later since the snap or, you know, just to show us where Peter's at mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, yeah. all that where he's at for these relationships. That that would be an interesting, like, direction that they take the character. I hope they do go in that direction. It, it seems like the right way since how he how it ended in No Way Home. He's all alone. He got to yeah. start from somewhere now. 100 percent and you know movie five was just going to be a musical so we're good on that (laughs) (laughs) we got we got the whole thing figured out bro whole thing right and it's definitely going to be interesting how it all ties into like what sony's doing with the spider-man property with madam webb and el Morte, and like you've and andrew garfield spider-man 3 and toby mcguire spider-man 4 like it's interesting what's it's going to be interesting what sony is going to do with the character with his whole property just in general and how that relates to the mcu especially with venom you know, like what, what's what's the deal with Venom? Like there's a little bit, a bit of him left in the MCU. What, what's what's going on with that? And my man Scorpion talked to Vulture, but Vulture's not even in that prison anymore. So right, he's in the Morbius on? universe. So, so what's going on there? I have no right, idea. Right. We so got questions. Like, right, we got questions, and we have zero answers. No answers. But um, as of now, these release dates, uh. You know, they, but the I've, some people have, well, I don't know if everyone has seen it or not, but there's been a lot of shakeup in the movie release dates. But as of now, uh, May 3rd, Captain America, New World Order, that's release day. Spider-Man 4, July 12th, Thunderbolts, July 26th, look out for Deadpool 3 and September 6th, woo, and Fantastic yeah. Four. Uh, well, yeah, they're going to push back to the, the Valentine's Day yeah. uh, day, you know, so family. Which, you know, friendly. it's funny, that kind of sort of gives me hope. I know it sounds weird, but it kind of sort of gives me hope because Deadpool, the first Deadpool was in February as well. And it was kind of wholesome. Like the, the the love that he had for Vanessa and the way they portrayed that part portion of the character and stuff, I thought yeah. really worked. And I went, I saw that with women who really dug the movie and the characterization, all that stuff. Same. So like if 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 people are taking their families, maybe we get to see, maybe we got a, a read and a suit we could freaking root for. <laughs> like, doesn't that sound crazy? Like, I mean, hey, I'm all for, I want that. Cause I mean, no, nothing against Jessica Alba, but like she, but like, I didn't feel no. that mom vibe. Like I wanted her to nurture me. Like, Oh, thank you. Sue right. Storm. Thank you so much for putting a visible barrier around me and saving my life. I didn't feel that vibe from her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the dangerous vibe. I'll pop a, a blood vessel in your brain and give you, you know, give you a yeah, stroke if I needed like, to. Man, no, Sue Storm is dangerous. He's scary yeah. in the comics. Just in that Dark Ages alternate run, what she was doing, like just she she chopped off Quicksilver's legs with a like, but this man, yeah, what? Like nothing. <laughs> like nothing. She she's nothing to play with. So they have a they have a real big opportunity to redefine those characters to the fans who I believe still have the 60s and 70s uh you know personas in their in their mind so come on man update them evolve them get us to where we got to go because we going places definitely definitely well that's all i got on the marvel news today y'all hope y'all enjoyed it man it's your boy mm-hmm. a-rob the marvel god <laughs> that has been a-rob the marvel god with the news
She-Hulk Attorney at Law is a television series created by Jessica Gao for the streaming service Disney+. Plus. It is the 8th television series in the MCU produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. It follows Jennifer Walters, a lawyer specializing in cases involving superhumans, who also becomes the green superhero She-Hulk. Gao serves as head writer with Kat Kororo? leading the directing team she hulk has finished the dust has settled a hey, rob what did you think of she hulk spoiler Man. free <laughs> oh thank you i was about to just the idea is you know we have people that follow us week to week and sometimes their schedules don't allow for them to have finished things as quickly as we have so in case right. they haven't finished the series or have even bit into it uh what is your reaction to the series and do you recommend it i highly recommend it first of all the the series was i'm gonna say it sensational but, <laughs> but man it was definitely something out of left field but um i would say left field but it was something that Marvel definitely needed for a boost of um energy for uh for I like a better word, the demographic that surely needed it. Like my girlfriend, a lot of my um women friends related to the show, like the problems that a uh, Jennifer went through. It's it's highly relatable, it's funny, it's colorful, the characters are likable, like it's just a really great show. I highly recommend watching it. Not even if you're bored, but if you really want to just dive into something that would just give you a whole bunch of just crazy concepts and new like things that the MCU really hasn't given us yet, and you know, reintroduce some things that we used to love before, you know, it's just a really great show wrapped up in a great bag of just she-hulk smash <laughs> i like that i like that um i dug the series as well like i don't think it's perfect um i think we might it, there's been rumors that they might get a season two and i think if we get there uh we can we can lean a little bit more towards some of the stuff that i think worked better in this um than some of the things that i think they tried to make work and it didn't um i love the lead i think tatiana mislani kills it um she's a likable lead which is very important in a superhero property like extremely important in a superhero property and we you know with castings like oscar isaac and stuff like that like they've been killing it with these these individual heroes and and having to them to ingratiate themselves to a fan base and i have to say we as fans who've been watching this entire thing go on for now we're on the 14th year of the mcu 14 years um a lot of fans can't help but cross their arms when something new comes out what you know what what have you done for me lately what can you show me that i haven't seen what can you do that hasn't been done and a lot of this stuff isn't made to change the game you know a lot of this stuff isn't made to redefine the wheel but i think this tries to do both it tries to be an entry in a kind of episodic some may even call formulaic at marvel cinematic universe but then it also calls to attention some of the things that can change or should change about how these mcu uh properties are made and how these characters are characterized and stuff like that um which i thought was was really interesting I thought that there was a lot of great world building in this dealing with the ramifications of we were talking about phase four being huge on ramifications this deals with you know people from other 
realms, people from other uh, <laughs> yeah, people people who've been in other films, um, all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. The homages to the Incredible Hulk television show are hilarious. They they really make me feel happy in in a way. Um, and I'll get to why when we get into the spoilers of it all. And lastly, what I'll say is. Um, I I need my Marvel to be different things at different times. The same way I need my comics to be different things at different times. The best thing I can say about this series is this series is probably the most comic booky thing I've ever experienced from Marvel. The good and the bad. <laughs> you know, the good, the good of it and the bad of it. The same way you could be reading a, a She-Hulk run or any comic run. This has happened to you. You read and you'll turn a page and be like, oh, that art's a little wonky. You know, sometimes I'm watching the show. I'm like, oh, that's CGI. It's not that, you know, it's not that great. It doesn't change my entire in- enjoyment of the property that I'm reading, you know. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, right, yeah. That issue was a time travel issue. It literally meant nothing to the plot. I can't wait to get back into the plot the next. Sometimes that. Right, yeah. Sometimes that happens with this, um, which is totally comics. Now, for those who are not as engrossed into the comic book medium as, let's say, us two, they may not dig it as much. I say try it. Don't let anybody who's out there, kind of, who's been tearing this down, discourage you from trying the series. Um, it, it it takes a lot of swings. I think majority of the swings they they are home runs, um, and it was a bit fearless, you know. Um, again, like sometimes you're wrong and strong, right? But yeah, but it 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 didn't back down from its stance, from what it was trying to say, and for that I can't, you know, like at least it's saying something. I hate these series that go on and have nothing to say. <laughs> You know, right? Yeah, it's just like here's a show for you to take up some time, and there's like nothing to show for it. No, no lesson, pun intended. Yeah, no <laughs> right? Lesson, yeah. There's no moral. That it doesn't. You don't leave feeling anything different. I learned some things in this. Yeah, you know, I, and, that, I, and that's the whole point of comics. Like there, there are stories told to teach lessons through the medium of you know this colorful way to tell stories yeah. to make you this eye grabby. That's like holy crap. Here's this holy this crazy story with this villain thing, but that's not the point. The point is how this, the hero overcomes that obstacle. And I think yeah. a lot of people get that message lost on some of these new shows and movies coming out. They're just here for the, oh, what's next? Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, where's the fight? Oh, where's the Hulk? Oh, da 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 right. Instead of realizing the lesson that Jennifer is, this is her story, and this is her like journey, her path, and we're watching it, and you can try to relate to it by picking up some of the lessons that she's learned, you know, it, it, it's, it's, why, why else do you watch stuff, people? You watch stuff to learn from it, besides but, but now you'll see, you know? the, now you'll see one of the common criticisms is like, well, uh, you know, this thing is trying to teach me something. What, what the hell? I liked it back when things weren't, it's like, no, bro, everything was trying to teach you something. You just weren't paying attention back then. Exactly. <laughs> These are all cautionary tales, or these are like literally like the ASAP fables, <laughs> uh, you know, written uh, large with laser beams and green skin and stuff. Yeah, that stuff is just to get your attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I this was probably the most infuriating thing to cover week to week with the fan base. Um, Man, it it like this. This took me to the brink in a lot of ways <laughs> because I, I also feel like the show's not perfect. So I don't want to raise it up 
and say, well, you know, this is the best thing that Marvel's ever done and stop acting so, so, uh, you know, um, prejudiced against it. But I also don't want to give them that. I don't want to give them the (laughs) satisfaction (laughs) that some of the criticisms may be true because of the other very harsh, very sexist criticisms that they labeled against it i almost don't want to even give them the cgi was a little wonky because then they want to go all the way over to well you know she shouldn't have been twerking if she doesn't want to be sexually harassed kind of stuff and you've seen that stuff that's been said in on the page has been said in comments regarding uh certain things that twerking thing changed the whole like it, it blew up overnight on our facebook arguments fights people call cursing each other out it was ridiculous and i didn't realize people felt so strongly about all that stuff so um, knowing that they, like I said, again, they kind of fearlessly just kind of walked into it. And um, we'll see. People will, be, people will be talking about this show for a while. <laughs> people will be talking about this show for Honestly, a while. Honestly, they're going to be talking about it until the next thing comes out. Because it's like, <laughs> it's, it, it's honestly, it's people, in my honest opinion, it's, it all comes down to people want something to complain about. Between the, the sex scene and Eternals. Uh, oh yeah, like or Wanda being turning, or having an evil turn, or like it, it just seems like people just want to complain about something or have something to complain about, and like the show highlights that, <laughs> right? Yeah, in a, in a really funny way. We're gonna get into that later, man. Yeah, and I think that while matter of fact, we'll, we'll get into that into spoilers. I I think again, make up your own mind about it by seeing it. Give it a chance. I think that episode eight is some of the best MCU stuff I've ever seen, in my opinion. And it's not because of, it's not just because of the person that's in it. I think that the chemistry and the writing is very snappy. It's very, it's very, uh, you can see the sparks almost um, with, with bringing in those plot points and stuff like that. I thought that was really, really cool. And if that is an indication of where this can go and where this will go, um, I dig it. I think, and I wish this was, a film in a lot of ways. I, I think that they could have trimmed some stuff and gotten us here and even done the 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 completely mind bending finale that they did, you know, <laughs> at the end at the end of a film. Um almost like a special presentation, but not something that's like fifty two minutes long. You know, something a bit a bit chunkier yeah. than this. Um but I'm willing to see where the character goes next, which is the the hallmark of a successful show, right? I'm waiting to see wh- uh, what the next stage of this is. But that is our spoiler-free review. We'll be getting on to spoilers. We'll be talking about some plot points um, that, and talk about some events as the series goes on. Um, there's some very interesting things that go on in this show for very interesting reasons. Some of them not all apparent. Some of them are homages to things in this character's history and stuff, and we'll get into all of that. But what did you think about uh, the whole beginning of it of it all? This whole um, car crash because of the Sakaar ship and this whole like uh, Bruce Blood getting into her and, and them having this whole cousin training, you know, superhero reluctancy kind of thing. I think episode one was a really great introduction for She-Hulk's brand of like her storytelling. It was a great way just to introduce the origin. It was a way to like us to re like reintroduce us where Bruce is at at the same time and to see where she's at like in their relationship and how they've been because we never even knew Bruce had a cousin up until this point, but we knew as right. comic readers that you know she was going to come eventually that like, we will see her and then. And I like the difference between how she got her powers in the show 
and and the comics the comics seemed a little bit like um for lack of better words too brutal for yeah. the show's campiness and it's a sitcom i don't think we would have had time for all the whole uh fascination attempt kind of like <laughs> i like how they hinted at that but um it, it was a really great origin for for a uh, uh, like a, a superhero character, like honestly, in my opinion, like I like yeah. it. Even though, even with the, even how she got it with the just the the boom, the Sakaran ship just dropping out of nowhere. But that, just that moment introduced so much, so many implications, which I loved entirely. Yeah. And that's totally a comic thing as well. Sometimes somebody will open a door and there's just an alien on the other side. And he's like, "I need your help," and that's how this yeah. just, that's how the adventure starts. So yeah, I, I I dug this change in the origin. Um, I really liked the training. I I liked um Bruce being the subject matter expert, but almost kind of be proven wrong because Jennifer is not the same exact kind of Hulk that he is. Um, fans took that to mean that in some way that he was better or something, which was strange. Um. To be honest, they took everything as some kind of weird passive aggressive. Everything against Bruce, they took as a weird passive aggressive thing against men for some strange reason, which I don't think is what the show was trying to do. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. In many ways, it was just trying to showcase that Jen was different, not better, different. Her the way she dealt with anger was different. The way that she got her powers were different. Um, the way that she, and even the way she wanted to deal with them, like Hulk got his powers and eventually was com- uh, convinced to be a hero. But then you have um, Jen, who even early on says, nah, screw that. You know, I-, I know I have these powers, but I don't want them. So I don't necessarily need to be a superhero. I'm not trying to wear, I was going to say not trying to wear a superhero outfit, but we'll get there in a bit. Um, right, a little bit. <laughs> right. But yeah, the fact that she just didn't, get the powers and then feel the immediate call to to action the great power no she's like i want to go back to work as a lawyer because i paid for college to do that (laughs) that's what i six figures rack up six figures people like would you want to drop like no you want to go back to your normal life and that's a pretty normal human reaction like you ain't about to just drop your whole life and pick up this new thing that's going on the back burner yeah do that later (laughs) <laughs> this was the episode that dropped the whole you know a, a, a woman knows how to deal with anger because she deals with being confronted with unwanted attention constantly kind of stuff which uh a lot of people also got mad at they thought that she, she was trying to woman explain anger to bruce which is again very it's it's small brain energy in a lot of ways i i just feel like you can be honest about your opinions without having to make it some sort of weird competition that you know like oh you suffer more than me or you can deal with anger more it's not a competition you know she was just kind of being honest about her experiences in life and people automatically take it as oh so you're trying to say you're trying to say you deal with more anger than the hulk it's like no she deals with different anger than the hulk does so i yeah that that stuff when that stuff started in the first episode i knew we were going to have fun with the rest of this thing yeah i knew we were going to have a lot of um online debates in some of these groups man because <laughs> i saw the same argument i'm like the, the people that just project like the what, what they just missed I mean, the whole thing missed the whole point missed the whole like. point <laughs> um so she goes and she has this court case and titania like the kool-aid man just smashes through the the, the yes, oh yeah and they like have a very light fight, uh, but um, eventually I think she's dropped by her law people because you can't be just going around. And I think she also lost the court case. So yeah, they it was called a, they called it a mistrial because you know uh, they uh, the jury ruled in her favor since she 
save their lives. Yeah. 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 So she ends up getting a job with Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Um, and they want She-Hulk. That's who they hired, not Jen. They want She-Hulk to run their superhero division. Um, the big thing they want Jen for, or her big first task, is to defend uh, Emil Blonsky, the abomination Ooh. who we hadn't seen since 2008's uh, The Incredible Hulk. So we already are paying homage to... Because Hulk stuff has always been kind of, you know, like they they, they had like this like weird like precipice of Marvel properties because it was like before really the time the MCU existed for real, like honestly, because like at the time Universal produced that movie, it was like Universal Studios, and then it was like Marvel Entertainment, (laughs) right? Marvel Studios didn't exist then for for real. Yeah. So it was like the Hulk was in this weird space back then, but like we still got the abomination, which is like that homage. That was that was amazing. Honestly, yes. that was great callback to a character, and it honestly sets him up to move forward in the future for the MCU. I misspoke. We actually saw Abomination in Shang-Chi. <laughs> but we were confused as to why and how. And this kind of gives us at least a, a smaller bit. I don't think it still gives us the whole story. But it gives us a little bit more uh, of the story with this. But what did you think about this uh, plot point that Jen would be brought in as She-Hulk to help defend the man who tried to kill her, her uh, cousin in Harlem? It makes so much sense after watching shang chi shang chi and then seeing that scene because it, it it was so left field for me it was just out of nowhere i'm like that's dope wong and abomination <laughs> cage fighting okay shang chi's the most lit movie in phase four so far oh my god right you know, like but then now with she hulk that that i love the retroactive or was it retroactive storytelling but it is yeah. go back to an event and bring it to light in the present yeah it may it, it makes so much more sense now and that's great they weren't it's- in shang chi's story so we didn't have to know why they were there and now that we've come back around we see them the same thing from emil's point of view and get his reasoning on and it's like oh yeah that does make a little bit more sense <laughs> right yeah especially with wong and his reasoning on why he did it man <laughs> I thought this, it'd be a little bit more like you know, um, can we talk about that? Like why Wong did it? Like, oh, why? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, like I thought it'd be more of a convoluted process to become Sorcerer Supreme. Like, I wonder how. What's the what's the what's the process? What's the application process? Like, one, you have to know every spell in the library. You have to know like. Well, who did Steven fight? Who did Steven fight to get the, to become Sorcerer Supreme? Or who, I, I, I'm assuming Caecilius. Yeah, that was his rite of passage. Yeah. Right, because he became the 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 leader of the sanctum in um in um New York. Yeah, like, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he does. But yeah, it's it's I, it's really interesting because I think he just gets that after the ancient one goes. Yeah. And so, um, but he said he he likes to do this to keep sharp, to keep <laughs> to keep himself a bit spry. So that's super interesting. I love that. I love that Wong's in this, but with the introduction of Blonsky and this whole thing here. I think we hit one of our first big themes, which is the theme of rehabilitation um, and whether or not you believe in, in such a thing. Now I'm putting you on the, uh, in the hot seat, but what do you think about this theme of rehabilitation that people are not 
cannot be so far gone and that anyone is able to be able to bounce back from some pretty horrific things they've either said or done uh where do you sit on this are you scorched earth on people who've done some pretty <laughs> ridiculous things or do you think there's always room to uh come back and sort of repent um man i am mm, i might be devil's advocate on this That's it, fine. it depends because there's like some people just got to go <laughs> some people are just y'all 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 came on this earth at the wrong time <laughs> like, but there are just many many that deserve redemption they deserve that time for them to reflect for them to look back on their mistakes to repent to feel remorseful to feel that shame to do better like and no one's no one's no one is above no one's below no one's too far gone to seek redemption or to better themselves all you gotta do is believe that you are worthy to be a better person, that you deserve to be a better person, a contributing member of society. And in a lot of ways, Face War has been a, has been touching on a theme of rehabilitation, therapy, self-discovery um, and self-identity and discovering oneself in one's, on one's path of life and where they should go, whether yeah. they should do good with their power or whether they should do nothing with their power and let evil or bad things happen like a lot of those themes of consequences for the lack of action or action like and there's and there's a mental emotional consequence to some of these things too and they're really touching on that too and we get to see Emil's side of how he felt beautifully on his side of the story from from the hulk and from the events of hulk in harlem like i never cared until Emil spoke about how a villain felt like after the fact, because you know MCU just kills off all the villains. We never get to hear their side of the story. <laughs> yeah, truly, yeah, you're right. And yeah. that's their monologuing while they're all angry and stuff. We don't <laughs> even when they're calmed down after the fact. We right. got a little bit of that Zemo. You know that was great, but with another villain, this is even better. And, and it really highlights that you know everyone deserves rehabilitation. Everyone deserves to be forgiven for the things that they've done, especially if they are choosing, seeking to make right by those people that they've harmed or caused damage to. I like yeah. that. I loved it yeah. actually. Yeah, it's 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 you want to see effort made towards that angle. It's one thing to say that you want that you uh feel like you want to redeem yourself or you feel a uh, remorse for the actions that you've caused, but the fact that some of these people like Emil are actually trying to do put action behind those words and change their whole mindset. And like you said, if anyone remembers the the film Incredible Hulk, as Emil puts it, that's almost exactly what happens. He is he's a man who does a job and he's hired to do a job. And the menace, the villain in his story is the Hulk, this big green unstoppable monster that injures humans, has injured humans. I believe in the opener for that, they posited that he may have hurt Betty yep. at one point. But you he transformed, he, he hurt her and uh hurt several scientists and they accused him of killing a scientist even though he was the scientist you know yeah but you see what i'm saying it's like you're very much the disruptor you're very much the the you're the uncontrollable one i'm i was brought on to stop you and then the roles reverse now obviously you know there is a point in time in which he forces the scientist under you know against his will to inject some strange stuff into him i think that can't be forgotten in, in the grand scheme of things yeah but, but he, he can play it off he he kind of like you said he did say it in the whole grand scheme of things it was the government's fault for shooting him up with that super soldier serum if if he didn't have that in the system he wouldn't have 
wanting to go further for more power. Like Zemo said, like power begets power. One super soldier makes want to make more super soldiers. You know, you want more power, and that caused him to do that. It yeah. still wasn't his fault. Like it was government. And when, you think, when you think about what they said, what Red Skull said, right? Like, if you if you have good in your heart and you take this serum, you 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 remain that good. But if you have evil in your heart, it almost amplifies it. Um, and the government knew this because the government knew this in nineteen twenty, whatever the hell. So right? they knew they knew they the Emil was, as he put it, supposed to be a disposable Captain America. For them, you know, he thought he was Captain America when he signed up for this job, and they kind of screwed him over in that sense. And as, a, as somebody who served the military, I do know how quickly that can change. How from one moment you can be, you know, king of the of the hill, you know, all your stuff, you 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 do everything the right way. But if they need to throw somebody under the bus, the organization is way bigger than you, and they, yeah. <laughs> you're just yeah, one like soldier. My- yeah, my brother served, like, hella cousins served, grandfather served, like, oh, yeah, they have some stories, them and they yeah. brothers, like, just, man. So, like, that's true. That's huge organizations. That's Isaiah Bradley, how? I was about to say, they took, they erased my history. For 50, like, they they will throw you under the bus. Huge organizations, they will, if, man, if you're an asset, they will just treat you like an asset, and assets are disposable. No matter how expensive you bought, how much money you put into it. <laughs> no, totally. Um, they're able to bring this case to trial, but the big thing is she didn't know about the cage fighting. So once it's revealed that this is happening, uh, that, you know, because she already was feeling a type of way about defending him, but now she knows that he was cage, he was seen cage fighting with Wong. So they have to bring in Wong, which is amazing. Benedict Wong has become one of the most, one of the favorite parts of this phase of the MCU as he continues to pop up Man. And, and be he's like, the new, he's the new Nick Fury. But you also want to take you want you also want to talk to somebody who, like, has tripled the 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 stock of a character. Like, Wong <laughs> was not really much of anything in the comics, you know. That's in, true. In he, he was really a manservant, totally, <laughs> and like kind of a a problematic one when you consider true, <laughs> true. <laughs> when you consider like the old trope of the uh white man going to the uh, orient and learning how to do it better than them <laughs> you know that there's been multiple mm. movies <laughs> that do that and dr strange is a little bit of a takeoff of that so the idea that wong was literally just an asian man serving for a, a white dude who's practicing <laughs> mystic arts in brooklyn it's a bit it's a bit much but they found a way to make this a third a three-dimensional character and i never even thought he would be granted the role of Sorcerer Supreme, so that's really freaking cool. <laughs> like, wow. Right? Yeah. Like, what? once again, what is the vetting process to become <laughs> Sorcerer Supreme, Master of the Mystic Arts? Because, like, I don't remember Doctor Strange getting it. He just said he had it, and then he <laughs> lost it during the blip, and now Wong has it. So, does Doctor Strange get it back eventually? Does Wong die? Like, what? Does he just bow and he gets it back? Like, what? Where the hell is Mordo? Where, where, <laughs> where is, is Mordo? Mordo? Where the where hell is Mordo? Mordo? It's we been like six years. Kevin. Come on, Kevin. We need more. We need more wizards. Get on here. Sorcerers. I know more source. Too many sorcerers. Oh says. my god. Chill. Must come <laughs> do. You know. Come on, bro. Um. So yeah, Wong comes in and he basically explains that he uh, borrowed a meal, and that it was a meal's choice to go back to jail after the fact. He could have just stood in Carmitage and no one really could have stopped him. Um. 
So basically, Emil gets off. They give him give him an inhibitor so he can't transform into the abomination anymore. And he has like, is it seven wives? He has yep, like seven soulmates. He has seven so so he has like a fan base. Um, he has there's people rooting for him, and and he seemingly like I said has turned over a new leaf. He's writing haikus. He's he's like a yogi now. It's a whole thing. He effectively um, has a harem. Yes, yes, he does. An abomination <laughs> of a harem. An abomination of a harem. Oh, an abomination of a harem. Somebody hashtag it. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, what is it? Abominaste? Abomaste. Yeah, Abomaste. So, I love that Wong testifies. And they're like, well, okay, well, that's cool for a meal, but you broke a man out of prison. So, you, sir, we're going to need to ask you some questions. And Wong's like, I'm out of here. And he just portals his ass. Right, the king of I, I'm going to head out. Yeah, he's Wong. Like, he's like, uh, you can't stop me. Like, you can't, like I'm just going to go. I'm the freaking Sorcerer Supreme. Super freaking interesting uh, when it comes to that. Um, that that episode also had the light elf episode. This, which um, oh my god, there's a shape shifting light elf that made Jennifer's colleague believe that he was dating uh, acclaimed rapper Meg The Stallion, mm-hmm. uh, ah. and and, it, and it, it wasn't. It was just her acting like it was Meg The Stallion. So I thought that was pretty funny. Of a <gasps> uh, was it a beep a B story? You know when he transforms into which. She transforms into pugs, and it's like I just don't like women or whatever. He's like, I, I love probably the funniest episode in the whole show. Funniest episode, honestly. Super funny. <laughs> Super funny. And, and it just show it just highlight the kind of campiness and kind of like uh, corniness. I mean, corny is just the in world relatability, I guess, because that happens. That happens when girl, like when women, ladies, girls, whatever, get together and they just you know do the damn thing. It is at. At his oh yeah, with each other. Like I've seen girls get the women like parties. And yeah, stuff. little post credit. It was harmless. It was so freaking harmless. Um, Meg Thee Stallion. Um, I I think she has Jen on retainer. Like I think that that Jen is officially Meg Thee Stallion's uh lawyer. At, right. uh, in the world, in that's this. her favorite like artist. Yeah, like in the world and in in their universe. Like that's hilarious. That's great. And, <laughs> right, and Meg is a. Bigger, taller than than normally portrayed female uh, rapper, and especially one that yeah. kind of explores her sexuality. Like she's, she almost could have been She Hulk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's a yes. there's a world in which she is the She Hulk of of her uh, medium <laughs> in a right. lot of ways. So that that to me was a match made in heaven. Um, somewhere in this episode also is when we get the Wrecking Crew. Who try to get the blood of uh, Jen, but uh, fail at that, and we'll talk about where Horribly. that goes in a bit. <laughs> um, we were then introduced to two other fan favorites, both Donnie Blaze and Donnie Blaze. Donnie, a lot of people, a lot of eagle-eyed uh, Marvel fans had saw in the background a poster that said Ani Blaze and immediately jumped to the conclusion that it had Man. to be Johnny Blaze, but we got ourselves Ralph Bonard again as uh, Donnie Blaze. Is <laughs> Donnie Blaze is, uh, I guess, a character for this, and he's like a dropout of the mystic arts in a lot of ways. He's like this weird Chris Angel 
<laughs> mind freak sort of like backyard <laughs> stage magician like right. he'll show up at your cousin's wedding randomly and yeah. start doing tricks and just bounce out and leave like a card on the ground someone walk on the card and just walk away <laughs> right and the thing is you as you saw as portrayed he has a a, a litany of the parlor tricks i guess is what people call it right like these yeah. these one-off magic tricks they're not very elaborate and they're kind of flashy but they're not like awe inspiring and so we they're, see they're that, kids yeah and we see that even when that happened when that does when that fails to impress kids that's when he's like oh, i guess i'll bring out the heavy guns which his heavy guns literally are opening a portal to a place that he can't control where it where it goes sending an innocent person through that portal and then just closing it that's that's his that's his uh, third act that's his, that's his whole <laughs> shtick yeah Not right there <laughs> yeah and he he gets a fun loving uh carefree uh volunteer in madison with a y who uh goes through her portal and eventually gets stuck with wong and then they need to basic wong basically sues donnie blaze for his misuse of magic um in that but i i thought madison was a fun character i thought donnie blaze was a fun character what do you think about this whole plot point i loved madison and i also loved all the campy lovable characters that each show and property has given us in phase four like we got darcy we've had jimmy woo we've had uh layla we've had stephen grant like we've had i love i, I love it it was great but the, the plot point of the donnie blaze it really one Wong is slacking because there's still a lot of sorcerers in, in the world still Wong or uh, Mordo. What's going on with that Mordo? Yes, yeah, I, I mean and like he he take out him. You know? Please. Like, <laughs> it's just him. Take out him. You know, no more sorcerers. We can do without Donnie Blaze. I think. Honestly. And uh but also shout out to the um his assistant, probably the one of the longest uh, working actors in Hollywood. He's 103. I forget his name, but Really famous dude. Um, kicking myself in the butt, but um, it it was a really good plot point to really show once again, like they really introducing more concepts of mysticism and the mass in the magic arts. I was not expecting so much magic in a in a, a law show, a sitcom law show, honestly. But hey, I'm not mad. It's the MCU. It's literally anything can happen in all these shows. Like we had a giant kaiju fight between two Egyptian gods of an alligator and a bird skeleton. You know, anything can go. So you know, hey, Wong opening some third tier magician opening portals <laughs> for some drunk uh, <laughs> hotel guests. Hey, I'm for it. It's hilarious. And hold on, can we talk about that whole sequence, that portal that she went through? Like that. Yes. Whole, like nothing. That, but um, the, they, they used it to um to describe the series they're like the she hawk series has been and then it cuts to her and she's like at first it was a little spooky and then it was fun and then it was spooky again but fun yeah madison basically described the series like that like yeah like that spookiness i would say like it's just like anticipation like what's gonna happen she, next? She was a dynamite <laughs> witness, bro. They brought her in. She she killed. She came in, killed. Explained what the whole situation was. So that <laughs> that was super interesting there. Um, I we're gonna. I I know. I just feel like we're gonna see her again. I feel like she'll just be around. Um, Meme culture calls for it. <laughs> yeah, and and also I think sometimes we forget. It's 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 
it's a huge deal to nail some of these heroes when you're introducing them. Like, this is the introduction to She-Hulk, so that's very important. But what I've realized is the MCU properties that work the most have incredible supporting cast. You know? So you really have Definitely. to get people feeling... You know, I, I And I dig Pug in this, and I dig her friend... Um, uh, Nikki. Nikki, Nikki Ramos in this. I dug them. I, there was like I really liked their Avengers thing, which would be the what happens in the <laughs> next episode. Like I think that was the height of their character use in this, and and maybe the last episode where they're in each other's ear. You know, I think. Oh yeah. Probably, I think they probably could have been used a bit more. Um, I will say, I think the most misused thing in this show is Titania. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I feel I like the way that a lot they. More. I feel like the way they advertised this was like she was going to be the big bad for her. I can see a world in which you wouldn't want to pit women against each other, right? Like I can I can see that. I can see that being a reason why you don't do it. But I found it just very weird in general as to um, what they were doing with, with her and, and that actress and stuff. She doesn't really in my opinion, represent anything. She doesn't really, like when, she, when Jen yeah. beats her, it's not like she's beating a uh, stereotype or she's beating... Or standing for something. She's right. stopping some mug, some schmuck interrupting a courtroom. And, well, she's right. just an influencer at the end of the day. She's and she's basically just playing like a Kardashian, which that, yeah. joke, that joke writes itself. But again, yeah. it's also one of the most tired jokes out. Like, I get it, you know, but... Um, so and I love the actress Jamila Jamil. I loved her in the good, uh, uh, the good place. Um, oh, yeah. But I just feel I feel like she was a little underserved in this, and I'm not sure why. We're gonna get on that in a second. I just wanted to mention that this is also the episode in which she hulked the size that she's gonna be on Meatster, I believe is what it's called. <laughs> um, and she makes a profile basically in the MCU's equivalent of Tinder, and basically has her choice of men and we get a bit of a montage of her yeah, going through these swipe right or swipe left yeah <laughs> we see her go through you know she meets a, she meets a guy that they sleep together but the next morning he wants nothing to do with jen he's only there oh. for she hawk which quick second quick aside i'm not one to to defend the indefensible but i don't think he was in the wrong in that situation if i swiped right on your physical appearance, I'm kind of bagging on that being what I'm ordering. What the food, you know, the father food comes. Yeah. If you can't then give it to me different. Be like, well, you should be. You shouldn't be shallow. It's like, well, the entire app's based on physical appearance. Like that's that's what this right. whole thing is. You know. I you think that was the whole bit, that, that aspect of like what women deal with, like uh, presenting themselves as one thing, and then when they take off all the makeup and their wig and lingerie when they get home. It, they look differently than what they look like in the club. I guess uh, what's it called? I can see that too. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, they, that's an interesting that's perspective he as well. Was upset because he he went home with her. She looked one way, and then next morning she looked differently. And it's like I don't want to say like like she was lying, but she was withholding an aspect of her that he wasn't ready for. They didn't know that was drastically different. You know, it, yeah. it's like oh, she, I, I, you know, like oh, oh the, like you know, some some men are like really taken back by that. Some men are like, yo, that's dope. You know, so I yeah. guess it just shows like the different perspectives of what a dude would experience in that moment. Just a, right. just a perspective out of the many that exist. I also think that with this, um, the, the, the major reason why this hurt Jen was because Jen didn't know She-Hulk yet. To Jen, mm -hmm. She-Hulk and her were two different people. 
So the fact that he chose She-Hulk over her when all Jen needed to do was inject more Jen into She-Hulk. You understand? Make them more yeah. into one person as opposed to her being everything that Jen wasn't. She should just be the amplification of everything Jen is. This way, when they choose her, they are choosing Jen. But she was trying to do two that different things at the same time. That is spot on. That is yeah. the, and that's why I hurt when that happened. For me, like personally, that hurting to watch that as a person who like has to present themselves in a certain way in society because it, the stigma is if I'm seen a certain way, I act a certain way, I'm, I will be treated a certain way as a black right. man. Yeah, so I have to present myself as a like more relaxed, carefree, laid back kind of guy versus <laughs> yeah, and be mm -hmm. and be more presentable, colorful, and then hide or mask the certain aspects that really are truly me. And those true aspects are truly me. If I put them in society, people will be like, "Oh, why's that dude so weird?" Or da da da. He should be, or you know, is so it hurt seeing her like she she showed. The world, I guess, for like a better that guy, the per, a part of herself that she was still not aware of, but the world liked. So yeah. she assumed that, like, you know, since they like this part of me, they were like the real me. And then that that realization, it struck a chord with her, which struck a chord with me. And it's yeah. like, damn, I felt that. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. And it it, it is a, like we were talking about before. It says something like it there is a lesson in living your life unapologetically you because ultimately we're only every single person on this planet only does this once everyone will only ever do this once that's how this works you only get one shot at this thing and even those who have great advice got it from people who've only done this once and the way that they did it they were putting a whole nother level. They spawned on a whole nother level with a whole nother set of tools with a whole nother thing than you did. Man, so facts. So they you Man, know, preach. Like, yeah, it doesn't preach. All, it's not all, and not everybody's starting in the same in the same place. So you really have to, if this is only gonna be your one time at this, I know it's cliche to say, but it should be less about making other people happy and more about making you happy because you're only going to do this you're only going to be on this ride once man um, hey, cliche that's the truth it, no it Don't totally appease is it people totally appease is. yourself <laughs> yeah yeah um so titania then she gets served by titania because titania copy wrote she hulk as a fragrance i want to say it was I just she trademarked her name as like a line of just beauty products for lack of better yeah. words cosmetics right and so yeah cosmetics yeah so the so she's embarked now in into a legal suit in which she has to um prove that she has been using she hulk longer than titania um and she chooses to do so by parading the men that have uh basically swiped right on her she-hulk profile because she did sign up for meester under the name she-hulk so she has been using it before titania now when this happened i remember having a thought and i remember seeing some of this stuff kind of get Same. echoed and the idea is that like how petty is this right <laughs> that they could like racing to the racing to the copyright patent office right to get right. there before She-Hulk, and now you gotta establish who has been using it first, all that kind of stuff. Until I realized, <laughs> <laughs> until I realized that the reason why She-Hulk was even created was because the Incredible Hulk was doing so well, and it was on TV alongside the Bionic Woman, which was also doing very well, that Marvel started to get nervous.
that they would try to introduce a female Hulk in the television show. And if Universal did that first, Universal would own said character. So Marvel had to race to create the She-Hulk character in comics first, so that if Universal ever did use a female on the Incredible Hulk, they would retain the rights. They would have owned the rights because it would have been too similar. You could say, no, look, there's only ever been one one uh, female Hulk, and it's in this comic that I wrote, Stan Lee. <laughs> and he wrote it, he created her in 1992. So, um... Yo, my mind was just fucking blown. Oh, was it? No, it wasn't 92. It was close <laughs> to the 80. It's, uh, 80. Yeah, February of 1980, because that's the height of that show. What? Um, yeah, so this is why I do this podcast. I love stupid little weird that is insane what so universal has been after the whole like providence (laughs) wait wow yeah yeah and they've they had to beat them think about that they wrote the comics and they feel like they have to beat the show because the show's going so hard And, and this is not anything um like people were like what what this seems kind of weird hardy quinn was made on the batman the animated series show and was never wasn't in any comics that was a whole, a whole, uh, her entire creation was made under the television uh, property. And I believe that those right. gentlemen retained the rights for Harley when push comes to shove it and all that stuff. So it's like, they totally could have just introduced a cousin, a female cousin of the Hulk. And she shows up and, and yeah, Marvel would have been asked out. crazy. Because that's literally off the premise because Batman had Robin and Joker needed a sidekick. So boom, the show literally wrote Harley Quinn. Yeah. And then yep. from there, her popularity just skyrocketed. And and so for the <laughs> characterization of that, they have to go to a television show. Even when they reintroduce her into comics, all of her beginnings are on a in the television shows. So you have to reference that in a lot of ways. Uh, so yeah, if you thought the Titania thing was petty, Marvel and Universal even pettier. Man, <laughs> <laughs> they had to race to get that. To, so yeah, She Hulk is kind of. That's why I also think that she doesn't have a perfect origin story because she wasn't really made with a lot of i want to say a lot of forethought she was made to beat True. <laughs> yeah other people to the punch um and she has become a three-dimensional character since then but i do th- and i think that that's where you get a lot of the fourth wall kind of stuff you know because without that it would just seem like a weird hacky kind of like you know like, yeah oh, just like oh, uh, she hulk yeah and, and she just <laughs> smashes other like where's the storytelling like where's right. the drama where's the suspense right you know right. we need that you know you know we got that in hulk we need something more with she hulk so that's why I, I think that's why they gave her like the more of the fourth wall yeah she had to be drastically different from hulk because otherwise you'd just be reading hulk but yeah <laughs> yeah woman hulk a hundred percent a hundred percent so yeah i thought that that little tidbit was a bit funny with with that um she does parade her exes in uh this also kind of brings in the theme of uh, shouts out to her because i could never bring in five of my exes in a courtroom under oath (laughs) (laughs) basically to all blatantly say the same thing which is that um, they all slept with her, <laughs> with She-Hulk, and that she has been using She-Hulk. You know? Oh, well, so in that like, case, I guess I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty of the, okay, I took that in the wrong way. Whew, sorry. Whew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of guys out there are like, man, I couldn't do it. Put, put five my exes in the car with me, me, she, I already got two baby mamas. Like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> 
this plays around with this theme, you know, in this part of the episode of female sexuality, right? This yeah. this idea that um in a lot of ways women do get their their partners paraded in front of them as kind of like a like a look 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 where you've been, look what you've done kind of thing where we don't really get that. It's never really asked of us. Yeah. And, and uh, that's really sad as a society. Like we place that value on the I guess for lack of better words, the purity of women on their body count and that's not I'm the same for guys because I know way more man hoes than man like than than hoes like yeah, I know yeah. way more dudes that have high body counts than chicks like and it's weird that if you're going away from that now like they're not seen as players or like they they get all the the girls on campus you know like no yeah. he's a slut and you shouldn't mess with him because he probably has the STD right, right, right <laughs> like, exactly yeah so like there, there's a there, I'm glad society we're shifting away from that but it's still sad that it is to not even a degree it's still a thing that women are still like their status is still like hell based on how many men they've been with in their past no matter the amount or duration or the amount of physical intimacy even the quantity right even the quality of men i've seen men being like oh well she she would sleep with that guy you know it's like what do you like let's look at your closet let's look at you know it's not it's not (laughs) it ain't it ain't all hunky-dory man there's there's stuff to talk about there and um this ties into all the other stuff before like i just found it weird and i don't even have an elegant way to put this i find it weird that men who will agree that they like and would like to have sexual relations with women don't want those women to explore that same sexuality and that feels very strange and it feels very it's weird, weird. it's weird is shiz <laughs> i because i'm having conversations and I, like some of the comments i would see i'm like what if a, like a woman read this? what if your wife read the comment you just made about how women should be portrayed or how their sexuality should be look like don't you like women like put away the right? sexuality f- portion from it like do you really don't see that we're all kind of the same and on this shitty little blue planet like we just got got a couple of different bits in different places that that's all it is that's it and we can respect each other's journeys and respect each other's strides and and all that kind of stuff but you really the women that you want wouldn't want you if they heard you saying the things about women (laughs) that you really feel (laughs) and maybe that's where that anger comes from maybe that some of these one of the criticisms that were thrown around for these for some of these fans that were had very strong opinions about the female you know uh sexuality stuff um was incel you're <laughs> right they were telling you <laughs> a lot of the people that were making these jokes were involuntarily celibate um and again now while i'm not calling anyone who has a criticism of the show that word i will say that if you find yourself in a position where you want to have uh you want to explore your sexuality with women but you don't want women to explore their sexuality that might be the reason why no one's connecting those dots with you bro yes you know right saying, it might just be you bro right change or, change the way you're thinking of all this change the way you or think how about you all approach of this. approach yes. women or how you talk to them how you think about them how you feel about them yeah you know change all that you might stop being so i'm just saying yeah like, yeah that, that, that that's all it is, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love 
that we can have discussions about this is this is why I believe this kind of stuff is important because we could sit here and speculate about Mephisto or Wong or Blonsky but also like we were just talking about like female sexuality rehabilitation like these are themes that they've placed in this that they want you to kind of discuss that they want you to kind of debate right yeah um, like we're supposed I, to like especially yeah. as men like we're supposed to talk about this be able be able to talk about this like yeah. you know Bring light to this to those who are listening. Like you know, learn something. Today. Take notes. Take notes, yeah. man. One hundred percent. session. Um, we so she basically beats Titania in the trial. Um, the other big thing that happens in that is her friends go to get her a suit from famed superhero suit maker Luke Jacobson, um, who is new to all. I think he was a character in the comics, but he's definitely new to the MCU as far as definitely. somebody that will make these suits. He's as bit of a character that i can see him coming up in different shows like i can see like oh yeah definitely um, i can see him definitely making peter's new suit i yeah. can see him making punisher the fact that he made made daredevil suit means that all the implications for all the street level heroes from here on out he will be like the wong for designer clothes since you know tony ain't around to make everyone look cool and pay for everything you know so you know who, who's gonna do that and yeah. now we got to answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, another thing about it is, just like we were talking about with things feeling lived in, he's not somebody who just popped up out of nowhere. So in this universe, he has been making suits for people. You, there's a reason why they know that he's... Entertainers and now yeah. superheroes. Yeah, there's a reason why they know him to make superhero suits because he's done this in the past. So um, it's funny because before they actually get to him, they get to some other guy who's making bootleg MCU merch. Of the Avengers, which is funny. <laughs> the Avengers and the Avengers. <laughs> yes, somebody who was born and raised in the hood. I've seen some pretty knockoff uh, t-shirts. And same. Oh my I, god, that was pretty funny. That that that. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye, people. Bye bye. Yep. Uh, the the Jordan has a soccer ball instead of. <laughs> oh my god, bro! The Puma, like, the <laughs> cheetah. Yeah, like, <laughs> going on here so i thought that was really really fun stuff um we get a wedding episode where it's seemingly just jen for the for majority of it um but jen meets josh uh they kind of hit it off titania comes to crash the party um and they you know i think this is a bit this is where she kind of feels the most in tune with her hulkness like at the end of this episode coming into herself yeah there was a bit of commitment there um the funnier one of the funniest things in this episode is this, it, it, the b plot deals with mr immortal this guy who uh seemingly can't just end his relationships because of conflict so he kills himself <laughs> you you want to talk about a d-list character or a <laughs> right. d-list avenger at that from what was he was he was a lake a lake erie avenger or was uh, great lakes. West Coast, yeah great lakes avenger with uh the one the female version of Blob, I think a uh, poke it. What was it? It was a whole. Oh, is she the, about the, is that the one? Yeah, that's the one with Squirrel Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm like one of the most obscure characters, but here, like, I was not expecting that. Like, just and just the implications alone for those who read comics, he was one of the last few beings in the universe left alive with the Immortal Hulk. Like, even after Franklin Winters and Galactus, so I'm like, it would. Is he gonna be? Has he seen? Everything that's gonna like with it just my mind was blown seeing this character just because like when everything that's introduced in the show 
would always implicate implement implicate something later on down the line. We're going yeah, to see Mr. Immortal later. Especially yeah. as comic book fans, this is what we talked about. Like this is a danger sometimes. As you open literally you crack open the window and I can see through the window to the next house's window because I know right. where this leads. It go it only goes in one direction in a lot of ways. So um but you're hundred percent right. Like maybe this is how you get closer to Squirrel Girl. Um, it would be like with this dude on a team, I'd watch a team of ragtag dudes like this that all yeah. got kind of very weird powers. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was hilarious. Um, and, you know, him being court ordered to stare at one of his girlfriends for like 15 seconds or something like oh, that. That whole sequence of just to appease all his ex-wives and all the, all the ways he got out of them were just so convoluted. And then the time frames that he spent with them just was ridiculous. Well, he's sitting there, he's sitting there with Mallory and, um, Nikki and they're reading him the riot act over his inability to to deal with conflict and he just gets up and walks out, <laughs> he walks out the he window walks out the window like he literally just says i right, i'm, you know, I'm just, over it like i'm pretty sure like spiritually a lot of people have related to that moment like just man i wish i could do that this meeting or i'm with my ex or my mom's or my just parent meeting or dinner or whatever like i related to that but like seek therapy people also therapies because yeah. that was an unhealthy way to get out of a situation so totally totally i can get out of seemingly eight situations so don't do any of that um uh what did you think of josh like were you you rooting for that were you like i the that i don't know what to call it but it's like the story the writer in me that itch once they introduced him i I immediately raised my hands i'm like he ain't shit and then lo and behold, too charming, too charming, too charming, too nice, too upfront, too too Ken dollish. I'm like, doesn't no, no way. And this is this is episode what into the series. No way, this is gonna go well for her. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is this is the 29th, 28th project MC. This is right. We've seen this well. Yeah, this bus <laughs> is never late. We've seen we've seen this happen before. Yeah. I, I, I like I was like I was hoping like oh maybe it is gonna be a light in the tunnel like a little reprieve for her as she hawk but like nope just Josh you and plus his name is Josh like <laughs> not affecting any other Joshes that, that listen because you guys are great we're talking about this Josh this guy uh, this Josh this like Josh this Josh you Joshes are amazing it's just that Josh is like ah that's Josh. So funny. Um, (laughs) we, you know, we get also introduced before this episode ends to this idea that there is this, uh, online group called intelligentsia who are targeting She-Hulk. It goes from light, light and problematic jabs to like, like, you know, like disses and stuff like that to more dangerous posts about how they should kill her and how they can kill her, how she deserves to die and, and all this other kind of stuff. And this kind of speaks to the incel community that actually does exist you know that they've done documentaries uh, on these people who kind of just have hate boners for women and they use each other to kind of keep stoking at those fires um they they like to generalize the entirety of women by bad experiences that they've had which is ridiculous when you realize how different each and every individual is um but you know they Getting groups like this, they get in groups like 4chan, they get in groups like Reddit, and things can get very dangerous, even if you just have a small group yeah. of knuckle knuckleheads uh, that are willing to get into any of this stuff. Now, you are one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to Marvel 
and I know you've done your deep dives probably into some dark circles of the web. Have you experienced groups like this? Have you, oh have my you seen goodness. people like Intelligentsia? Yeah, man. In case people, I'm saying, in case people think that this is like a like a silly characterization, you know, like in case, oh, they make this up. People don't aren't normally like this. I wanted to ask. No, no this this happens. Like, well, you can turn on the news. Oh, one woman murdered in the park later. Like this, this happens when men or groups of men feel some type of way. They have to take it out on the world, or in this case, the subject matter that they dislike or hate with such intensity that they have to use violence. Women, and this is a thing that women deal with. This is a real thing. This is a problem. This is an issue, especially in our country, and just not in our country, but around the world. This is yeah. an issue. This is a problem, and. They showed it in a light manner, but this is a that's a real thing that happens. It's not just for they they showed it in a light manner, like I said, but this that is a thing. There are hate groups out there that just really target judges, representatives, governors, senators, world leaders, mm -hmm. just because that they are women. And that that honestly disgusts me and it terrifies me because I want to raise a daughter. If my daughter is successful and she has haters just because of the how she was born. Yeah, I'm going to feel some type of way and I'm going to make sure to save some money because I'm going to become Punisher, but with <laughs> funding if a harm comes to my daughter. <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes me think of like some of the stuff said against AOC. It makes me think about some of the stuff said against Brie Larson. Like, e even if you're yeah. not a fan of these people, you could just let 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 well enough be, be what it is. Like, I don't like you. Okay, it's fine, but it doesn't stop. It's an everyday campaign against almost the existence of certain people. And you can't, like, come on. Like, <laughs> right? they, the and, they, and these women don't influence your money. They don't, no. like, the only thing they, they don't do nothing to harm you except you, except how you feel about it and you can't yeah, turn about away their existence again not because they're not actively trying to do anything against you you just don't want them around <laughs> so like or what are they supposed to do? Or so, like right like it's it's weird it's weird it's a weird concept and i wish not even wish i hope it's slowly changing progression's happening but let it be known that she hulk did highlight that that part of humanity still is prevalent and still exists today that that online hate boner of a community and, and existing of dark webs and crevices of the internet exists that's a yeah. thing it's sad yeah it, to it totally does and um we see that the the leader of this uh calls himself the hulk king but that's all the we hulk know at king. the time yeah um oh, and hold on the intelligentsia i had a theory and it might be right i don't know i think they're the ones who leaked abomination wong's fight to try to mess up she hulk's court case because I once it blew that. up she hulk's represented abomination oh all it took was just uh go on dark web search for that you know underground fight club and then boom here's something to help mess up her credibility just to spite her just because she's a hulk lawyer and you're saudi because you're not a hulk yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a bit confused as to um like what intelli intelligentsia was prior to She-Hulk? Like, did did even exist prior to She-Hulk? What was their previous target? Who was their previous hate boner kind of stuff, you know? Um, yeah, same. I hope it was just like a small, subsidiary, really, really small front for the actual intelligentsia. Yeah, like, I me, hope. You get me? Because like, Hulk King sounds kind of strange 
if we just introduced this character like a week ago and then you start a group and you're like I'm the Hulk King. <laughs> it feels, it feels yeah. really early kind of stuff. So I'm hoping early. that this doesn't go away and I hope that there are bigger strings to get pulled uh, with this because um, I, uh, along with a bunch of other people, thought that Hulk King was eventually going to be revealed to be Samuel Stern, the leader, who has probably the most to gain out of taking out members of the Hulk, uh, given what, where we saw him last in the Incredible Hulk. Sadly, that's yeah, not the definitely. case. But uh, we'll get into who that eventually is. Um, we go to the Blonsky Retreat episode, which is where Jen is... Like, uh, there's parts of this episode that's speaking to men and, and pointing at men who've been doing some kind of shady stuff. This part kind of spoke to me uh, in the sense that, like, I didn't realize the gravity of not just messaging the day after or not just, you know, tap, yeah. tapping in to show that, you know, that where my interests are, or where my, you know, where my head is or any of that kind of stuff. It was kind of telling to see Jen hang on for that almost confirmation that everything is okay and, um, it was kind of heartbreaking to see her go through the motions of realizing that this person might never message her again, may have just came. Because we saw the progression of her. This is what's so infuriating about the eventual quote-unquote sex, sex tape leak that they try to do later on. We see her make it a point to not bring him in the first couple of times. Yeah. We see her make a point to not make out with him the first chance she gets. She she allows the relationship with two consenting adults to reach a point of that intimacy. And then they take that intimacy and blow it up on the screen to say, look at what a slut she is. Isn't that really jacked up shit? Like that is crazy. <laughs> and that's also what happens. Yeah. It, 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 it. Man, like yeah, for all it, those uh, who complain about the show, like the realness, like this is probably one of the realest shows of MCU four. Like when it comes to like relatability to our role like this happens yeah like, you'll get you'll get some scumbag hounding his fucking 15 year old girlfriend for nudes and then spread those nudes around and it's like wow look at her she's she's a freaking whore or whatever it's like she didn't even want to do him she didn't want to take right? him you know her boyfriend's like, oh, if you love me you know all that shit that you see happen all the time and all of a sudden she slut shamed around the entire school because of something that she did to appease uh, her partner at the time. And yeah, or some it, like it, ex it, from like college and they have like videos or something. He threatens her because she's more successful than him and he like tries to ruin her life by trying to bring up some old dirt. That's not even dirt. That was something personal, but like that happens. It's we have crazy. legal laws against revenge porn. We have laws Honestly. against it. We only make laws because things become a problem. So men were going out of their way and releasing tapes made between two consensual adults after breaking up with their girlfriends or after finding out that they you know that their girlfriend got cheated on regardless of whatever reason you just you're not allowed or you shouldn't be able to do that kind of shit um right. so again one could look at this and be like oh my god the victim but it's like like damn man like if this is what you got to deal with at every turn every everything you say everything you do every person you let in every person you push out all colors who you are to society everything yeah. every bit of it that has to be frustrating that has to be infuriating and this is what jen was talking about in episode one living in that level of constant thing and up until this Ooh, episode yeah. or the end the next episode we don't see her hulk out she doesn't flip out and rage and turn into the hulk like bruce does 
um, she seems pretty level-headed with it, and we'll see how far they're going to push her because she's that freaking level-headed. But, um, yeah, Josh basically ghosts her after the, this whole thing. So she goes back to Emil's uh, little retreat because she's like, I just want to hang out with these guys. And this was kind of a fun episode, seeing her hang yeah. out with a self-help guru, man, bull, porcupine. Stuff like that. Man. Wrecker, Wrecker was there, so I'm like, what's Wrecker up to, bro? I'm like, what? This is, I was like, yeah, like, yo, he's still trying to get this blood. Like, what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? But he's but, not revealed uh, to be anything. He's just a, he's just like a, a kind of just a shitty villain. Who <laughs> tries yeah, to I was, I was also hoping the show would do more with the uh, the Wrecking Crew, but like the way they were presented, I'm like, the Wrecking Crew is like a more mainly like. Thor villains, but the way yeah. you present, I'm like, okay, so this is like probably gonna be a one off thing. They really just said they robbed Asgardian, they really robbed Asgardian construction workers. So I'm yeah. like, okay, this is probably gonna be a one off thing. They, hopefully, they got picked up by damage control and arrested. This dude got rehabilitated because he was really remorseful, probably. Yeah. You know, so like, but that, like, the whole episode was really like good. It really, for a split second, not a split second, for a moment, it really highlighted uh the importance of men's health and the importance of identity self-identity yeah. just yeah. knowing oneself and like uh being at one and at peace with oneself like that that was a really good um uh, for lack of better words it's a good part that they put in the show yeah i enjoyed that they had a moment that you that was shown in um the like the the audio of it was used in some of the trailers where jen explains that sh the she-hulk version of her is like the hot girl in high school that everyone that gets oh, all the yeah. attention and the thing is i think it's kind of ironic when they put that piece of audio in the trailer it was meant it was almost meant to be like a cocky statement right like, it. Uh, yeah. it, was it was almost shown to be like i am now what everyone wants to talk about but in that moment when she's actually saying it she's like probably at her lowest she's she she yeah. resents she hulk for being all the things that she can't be or for portraying all the things that she wished that she was more of um and that pain is real and that pain is apparent and um the hurt for josh is more so because josh seemed to like her as jen you know um and the fact that Emil's ragtag bunch of crazy people, and I don't mean crazy people, I mean like crazy appearances. Man. <laughs> um, um, that they were able to have an honest to goodness just conversation. Sometimes you just got to talk. They ended know? up with them like, you know, we will hunt down this job. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And they get her to, to delete the number and all that jazz, you know, like they were really trying to push her um to a better place of self-discovery and she seemingly does get there. And then in true Marvel fashion, we see um the same event of the end but from josh's perspective and we get the josh reveal that he actually cloned her entire phone and um took her blood while she was sleeping or something like that real scumbag stuff man that's basically for lack of better words just rape yeah like he took something away from her without her consent against her will and then bounced like yeah. and then didn't even man and people bl victim blaming you know people are well maybe she shouldn't have maybe she shouldn't know what the fuck you mean like, what the fuck you right, right, uh, what the what she yeah. was lied to she he presented he was a wolf and she was clothing and if any of you do argue like oh she would have been like once a once again he lied yeah. <laughs> yep. like still though what, what do y'all mean yeah <laughs> um 
it's but it's time to rip it and rip it because <laughs> we get introduced to another street level hero, Leapfrog, um, who basically gets his ass beat trying to um, uh, stop men from robbing an electronic store. Um, he tries to get away using his rocket boots, but they malfunction, and so he goes to try to sue Luke Jacobson and hires She Hulk to do so. Uh, I love that She Hulk tries to go to talk to Luke at first, and he's like just <laughs> reading her the filth. It's hilarious. He's so sassy. I love it. <laughs> at one point, he called her like a walking travesty or something like that. He's like, you yeah. just lumber in here. <laughs> <laughs> he be killing me, man. He had a roast for her every trip. I love it. I love campy, sassy characters. Like, you're just love a tragedy. It. You're just a tragedy. Get out of here. Buy her garbage. Bye. Yeah, yeah all that, all that stuff. <laughs> Super funny. Um, uh, like, hold on. I think I hope he designed old Swashbuckler's costume. Who was in the men's retreat with the with the sword? Oh, 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 oh not, not the man. He don't want to be called the Matador, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. That dude. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact, he's a mutant in the comics. With it, he has the power to make a what is it, electromagnet, what's it called? A, uh bioelectrical bolts go through metal. Oh, and wow. that's what he did in the episode where he did that little lightning effect with his, his sword. I was like, wait, hold on. That's familiar. Did some research, did some video diving. Oh my mm -hmm. god, that's a mutant. But they didn't mention it, say he just did it. Just like like Mambo's a yeah you're right Mambo he, he was, was uh he experimented on using bull DNA or something like that yeah they, like they're all in porcupine self-explanatory that's a suit but like they're all yeah that was a subtle way it's a vampire they, they played around with yeah they're they're a vampire yeah yeah, yeah he there. was a vampire and there was a vampire like that was Easter eggs in all that entire room implication sorry it's not to just bring yeah, and that the, up and there was nothing, subtly they, they made it a point to make that vampire black. You know what I'm saying? We only know one black vampire in Marvel Comics. You know what I'm saying? They did that on purpose. Like they, so they just really introduced, like, here's another mutant, here's another vampire, here's another, like, man thing, you know, experimentations. Like, they just really subtly let us know, like, there's still Marvel goodness happening outside of this show. I just yeah. wanted to highlight that real quick. Also, A-list yeah, becomes more A-list if you have B, C, D, E-list. You know what I'm saying? Right? So, by comparison, you keep introducing these jokes and our heroes look even better our heroes look even more put together even more you know so i like that as well i like how that all worked there um back to the ribbon rip it so you know you uh so she now got to take her fate her favorite designer the person who's actually making her good fitting clothes and she has to sue him and so she's in court and she's like oh my god i hope this all works and then we see who uh jacobson has hired to to represent him and it's our boy maddie murdoch it's our boy charlie cox just as beautiful as the day we lost him no 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 just oh. killing it in the courtroom. We, they mentioned the Sokovia Accords being repealed. Um, and he basically wins the case. And we see Jen uh, kind of soaking over the whole situation in a bar. And then Matt just goes up and starts kind of... She was soaking over the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, and then she, uh, we see that Matt, you know, kind of... He's not a store winner. He buys her a drink and they sit there and they chat and it's all fireworks. Whoever wrote this scene, whether it's just the chemistry between these two actors, whether it's just um, the way that they shot it, I believed it. It's one of the first scenes in this show that I was like, oh, I totally want to see where this goes. 
you know definitely um, chef's kiss shouts out to the writer who wrote that episode definitely one of the most organic like didn't even try that hard to be an episode it was just beautiful is that the chemistry on screen was just amazing our golden boy matt murdoch was back yeah <laughs> literally gold double <laughs> gold devils like, here gold devils here i love them teasing each other about stuff um you know i love that he's like am i wearing pants like all that stuff like <laughs> he's so cool and i thought about this after the fact um you know it, it, they bring daredevil in later on in this episode in his classic uh what they called ketchup and mustard color scheme um <laughs> a, a, bit, a bit of gold and red and some silver kind of genius Kind of genius that they did this because if they would have put him in the Netflix show with these jokes, people would have flipped. And with the color change, the variation in color changes, you it's it's a literal optical variation in Matt Murdock, a literal optical variation in Daredevil. It's not exactly the one you know, and thus the the changes can be made the changes can be accepted the same way that the suit has changed and you just accept it it has enough of matt in it that's familiar the same way the suit does but the little changes here and there that don't fully destroy the character you know um so i thought now after the fact i'm like that, that makes pretty much sense and as we get closer to the one we recognize possibly his suit will get closer to being that you know we might see an evolution in clothing the same way uh, we see him in his character development, which could be pretty freaking cool. Um, definitely, definitely. Like, th this him wearing the new suit just has implications on its own. Like, what made him, what prompted him to get a new suit? Why, what made him travel from all the way from New York to L.A.? Yeah. Or to California? Like, you know, what happened? That's storytelling in and of its own. And we might see the reasons for that in Daredevil Born Again, which why is probably has, why it has 21 episodes probably a lot of uh flashback telling or you know just world building to like just just to flesh out how matt ended up from season three to post blip mcu coming yeah. into the fold like in and the, the episode highlighted some of the best parts of matt murdoch and daredevil out of all three seasons of daredevil like it yeah. showed that matt murdoch it, matt murdoch's hilarious he has hella jokes yeah he does matt murdoch's is he is a lady he gets he gets the girl he's charming he's smart he's uh, he he's a really good guy and they, they really showed that they highlighted those those good points that make that made us love matt murdoch besides all the dark and gritty and all the the boxer the son of a boxer you know yeah, like yeah. we know that we get that but you know in this show they're, it's with his limited screen time, they're going to highlight those moments, but also give us that, you know, he's still a daredevil. He still has the gymnastics. He still has the hands, and they're still ready to eat for everybody, you know? Yeah, totally, yeah. So, like, the with him being introduced in this show, also introducing a character into the show, which highlights the show, making it that much greater in and of itself, just shows, <laughs> I was just saying that, like, how good the show is. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, like you said, this is his introduction into the MCU, like fully. We saw the little bit of, of, of uh, No Way Home, where he's Peter's lawyer and that. Yeah. Um, but with this full-on endorsement, it, it, oh, sorry, with this full-on appearance, it's almost it almost becomes a weird reverse endorsement. Um, I remember popping huge 
if you were there, you also probably popped huge. Um, and on the DC side of things, there's an episode where the Flash just randomly pops up in Supergirl's world. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was an amazing episode because the show itself, very similar to this, was kind of trying to find its footing. And then a veteran hero came through and was like, don't even worry about it. You got it. Like, you're stressing out too much. This job is hard. It's going to be hard. You're going to make mistakes. And getting that was like, a, like I said, an endorsement. That was like a, you know, a testimony that that they they've he tipped his cap to Kara, Supergirl, in that series. And thus, we respected her more. And having this happen with Matt and her, I think, puts her on another level as well. Without him... I can still see people trying to push her away in, in their minds. But now that he's agreed that she's cool, you going and I agree that Matt Definitely. Murdoch's cool and Matt thinks that she's cool. If you don't think that she's cool, then you're not so, cool because Matt's yeah, cool. You're not cool. <laughs> right, right. Facts. Like facts. Like literally, like the one of the best shows of the MCU, you know, before Disney Plus is is endorsing and one of the I would argue top top three shows so far yeah in the mcu like the, the show is great like in matt murdoch daredevil endorsed it like it's like it's like building like connecting that bridge of the though that like the daredevil jessica jones luke cage iron fist punisher like mcu shows they were like like you know they weren't a part of the mcu but they were in the mcu you know they always hinted at the invasion they hinted at like certain like events that happened on in the world in their shows but they weren't like part of the grand scheme of things you know and this yeah. connects that like daredevil will be and subsequently the rest of those properties and street level heroes we will see those characters in the grand scheme of things or as a step into the grand scheme of things you know yeah like, i don't think we'll see punisher like in space fighting Kang, but I can definitely see Punisher like next to Daredevil fighting some zombies Power with, the, stuff. with the Midnight yeah. Suns, you know, yeah. like it, it's certain levels. But I, I used to joke that uh, the Netflix series like liked the MCU, but the MCU just liked the Netflix series. <laughs> 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 so they. They Marvel wouldn't reference like you know like Marvel was doing one night stands with the Netflix series and when when Push came to shove wouldn't reference them wouldn't acknowledge them wouldn't say right. nothing like but the Marvel the Netflix series is like yeah totally Hulk look <laughs> at all of it and I'm like oh boy um, I I loved that another point of contention people were like wow She Hulk robbed us of a of a hallway fight they took it from us uh they set up a perfect hallway fight that daredevil was known for and she hulk took it from us first of all if you like those hallway fights they still exist they they're, they're there on 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 disney plus same same app just go to, go to daredevil. And i'm 100 sure there there's more coming with born again exactly 100 sure 200 sure we're not re <laughs> like i said we're not We've, we're introducing, we're reintroducing the character, but you know the character. And the thing is, he did get to fight some people in the hallway. Right. He got to use he that, that, stick, that stick thing with that, with the, you know, the baton. Right, that, that the baton, that, that was the icing on the cake. That's all I needed from Daredevil, that whole episode. And we still got more of them later. Do you, remember, do you remember how long it took for us to get to the baton in the show? I think it was like two seasons, two, three seasons. He wouldn't even have it straight up in the beginning. He didn't Man, have like the, all hands. He didn't have like the web slinging kind of, kind of pole yet. Um, so that's interesting. He's more of an acrobat in this. We got to see Definitely. him do some tumbles, some, some, um, 
parkour even jumping over that uh that parking uh garage kind of thing oh so, yeah i love the whole fight sequence definitely with the mcu filter over over matt it looks seamless his his acrobatics are seamless compared to the choppy like grittiness of the, the like the daredevil show you know it was rough yeah. it was tumble but it didn't it showcased his fighting ability, but it didn't showcase his acrobaticness. That's a word. Athleticness? Yes. It's I think so. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and I also think that, you know, we got to a point where it's not like he didn't tell her why some of her methods wouldn't work or shouldn't work. You know, she's like, this. he's like, this is a lot of collateral damage. You did a lot, a lot of damage to this building. But she's also like, it would have taken you way longer to do that. And it's true. If we're trying to save somebody... Right. I don't care that you want a little boner for a normal man to get his ass whooped in a hallway. If we're trying to save somebody and we have a cannon or a, a sledgehammer, we're going to use the sledgehammer. You want, us yeah. to use, you want us to use the screwdriver when we have a sledgehammer. No, we're just going to break the thing, man. That's just what we're going to do here. But I really liked them sitting on the leap, the, the, the lily pad. Is it? Oh yeah, the the uh, <laughs> yeah the Lily Pad. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, like them, I, every person who names their hideout or secret lair or fortress of solitude. How cool <laughs> and how comics was it to have them both sitting up there in their super suits, swinging their legs, you know, on on top of you know, like just sitting there chilling. Classic comic moments, like man, yeah. Peter does it. Like who? What superhero hasn't just? That that just goes across high script. It's ties, you know, skyscrapers. It's kick back and just watch it all. You yeah, know, just reminisce and think back. Like that's it's a human thing to do. Yeah, I thought that like, was su- super cool, and I thought Jen's like, so when do you leave? So <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was sitting there like, yo, get it. I don't even care anymore. I was bro. like, yes, get it. Yes, I, I yeah, get it. Mad. And again, right? like, I'm like yeah. It's, it's from the comics. Dare I say that level of forwardness is attractive? I want that level. People are looking at that like, oh, she's this, she's that. Are you kidding me? I you're wish adults were more open. Every, I wish every, every you're a liar. Listening. You, you wish, you <laughs> wish a woman would come up to you and just say, so what you doing later? You wish. <laughs> yeah. Because we all want it. Every Even married men want that. Like, come yeah. on now. Yeah, man. So it's like, like everyone wants to be desirable. You want to, you want to shame them for wanting the thing that you want from them, <laughs> right? Weird, <laughs> weird, weird shit, weird shit, bro. Weird, weird shit. There. There's this. There's, there's a whole dimension called Weird World in MCU That's it. or Marvel. Go to it. Isn't it? You. Life of the home. <laughs> I think they, uh, they do sleep together as two consenting adults. We see um, Daredevil do the stride of pride as opposed to the walk of shame. In, uh, at the end of the episode, where I he's like that, saying, I like that. Try to pry. I've never heard that. Well, I saw it the second time. I laughed because he says hi to a woman and he's blind. You know, like he's still in a good mood. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in such a good mood that he doesn't even let a woman go past him without being like, hey, you know, what's up? Really? He's, That's he's hilarious. He doesn't, he doesn't even hilarious. care. Oh, and the line from Jen uh, You're not pretending to be blind, are you? Because that would be super problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. The longest running joke in Daredevil. I love yeah, it. I'm like, yeah, that's because everyone says it, right? As soon as they find out who he is, they're like, wait a minute, have you been pretending to be blind? It's like, no, right? Because no. that's a valid question. Like, dude, we saw what you you took out thirty ninjas. You survived that. You took. You fought King. You're yeah. You're not blind. But you're blind. She was wow. even cracking on him for his echolocation. They were laughing about that in the, the right? spatial, spatial, whatever. Awareness. Right, I like, I like how she helped define his powers. So it's like he has like a real like oh like echolocation. I was like, yeah. yep, like echolocation. Exactly, That's it. Jen. That's <laughs> it. 
that so so good and like i said like it this felt like the first meal that i ate and i was full like the episode was veering Man. towards the end and i was like oh wow i ate well that was that felt pretty damn good and then the character herself starts to say this feels like the end of the episode but i'm still here so what's going on and to be honest in a weird way it created organic tension i Man. started to go wait exactly. what is going on like what yeah, what's about here. to happen me and my girlfriend looked at each other we was like wait what she looked up from her phone was like wait what and i was like yeah and i was like yeah we still more episode <laughs> what, what's about to happen now and then nikki comes in and she's talking about the gala and, and jen is still kind of nervous like this feels like a finale thing oh snap the finale's coming up you know we've got to get to certain places this is when she says the thing about red hulk and then my favorite <laughs> thing when nikki comes out with the claws um with Man. the with the makeup brushes as claws i oh, pop big because i'm like second. if they had the balls to do that in here that would be bonkers but even the reference it's, it's super cool two wolverine references in one show three yeah. to what four mutant references in one show people they are yep. coming i'm calling it 2027 yep <laughs> um and then uh, we see that she goes to a gala. This was this was another weird thing that I don't think anyone like they didn't press upon. She goes to a gala for best like female lawyer, but right. this award is given to all the female lawyers, right? Several of them. If I'm not mistaken, it was like uh, like five or six of them all receiving the same exact award. They all looked exactly the same. I don't know if they were all from different firms, and this is like right. a, like a. Like the giant lawyer gala from all across the West Coast, and then like the best people representing each firm like win it. I I don't know. They didn't really flesh that out, but it really is presented That's what like I'm that. Like, I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to gather that this was a fake thing. Maybe you know, I don't like, think it was uh, fake, but it's like, man, this is really generic. If all y'all are like the best female lawyer, y'all get the exact same award. I guess that's like, what I'm so asking. Is there the supposed best? to be? So how are y'all the best? <laughs> yeah, it, that's what I'm, I'm, I think I'm that's asking. A, I, I guess. think it's, it's a like, play on society. On like yeah. how society, like as women are, like they, they do the same amount of the same amount of work as men, if not more, and they're still all treated the same. Like they all get the same it accolades could be that and awards well. and no recognition, not, not real recognition. You know, right. by blindly acknowledging all women, you're kind of not acknowledging any of them because you're just just broadly saying women lawyers are good right instead of highlighting you know, them individually on why, why they are good 100 percent. yeah and there it is that that fly on also on uh, that whole that scene too which with the intelligentsia man that that hurt my feelings yo when they said slut my jaw dropped because Dang. i felt like they were talking about a friend of mine like, at this point <laughs> at this point because she's been messing with maddie maddie's my homie you feel me like i'm like right. these are my people when i, I was said, hurt oh, yo, wait oh but, nah you ain't finna man, i have the bad say about the box chair too <laughs> like maybe stuck that in that uh and she's a slow i was like hey yo whoa whoa wait a minute yeah, kevin like, kevin chill <laughs> and then i'm and then i'm like you know stuff starts popping up from her phone and I'm like, yeah, what's the worst that they could show? Like her bank statements? What are they, what are they like old, old pictures from college or something like that? Yeah, and when that yeah. sex tape stuff goes up, I think everybody, everybody who's been watching up at this point, their heart just drops. You realize the magnitude of what can happen here in this moment. And then I didn't even realize the magnitude until Jen looked back and saw her parents. Her freaking parents are there. Her mom yeah, and her dad. And they're too. about to, they're about to see a disgusting act 
you know, being portrayed. And obviously, there was two consenting adults. You get what I'm saying about that. But I mean, this uh, disgusting this um, invasion of privacy on full display. Gross. In, in one of her Gross. highest moments, like this is supposed to be one of her most proud moments at, in her career, and it's been taken. All that's been taken away from her, and this light's been shown on her on her private life. And there, you can hear people tell her like not to flip out. But you could also see the anger boiling in her. And to be honest, it's boiling and in me too. Same. And, and it was a, honestly a human, it was a, the most genuine human reaction. Like who, anyone in the situation would start ripping stuff down, try to throw stuff at something that shut it down, unplug something, fran- um, start unplugging stuff frantically. But since she's a Hulk, Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so she and, takes, and, she, and, she, and, she, and it goes right back full circle to the episode one, what up? Uh, Bruce said to her, like, once people start seeing you as a monster, that never goes away. Yeah. And, and it hurt to see that portrayed because, it, once again, like you said, it was her highest moment. Now she's, now these people are thinking all types of, like, oh, she's this, she's that, like, da 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 da. Now she's a, now, like, oh, now she's this and that. Like, when yeah. she flips out, like, it's just the double down effect. It, it just hurt. I was that- angry and I was sad. And I even how they ep- yeah even how they ended that episode with her like getting guns drawn on her and her looking around and then she looks at us and looks ashamed and looks at right us, like, and, and then and then they let the perpetrators go like yeah. she had yeah. yeah and then they let her go because all they saw was a monster because she's not a hero she's not an avenger all they saw was a, a woman uh, for not it's not even like it is a lack of better words but it is what happens in society I'm guilty of this when any type of woman a woman any type of woman and when a woman overly reacts to something that shouldn't well everyone's feelings are valid everyone's emotions are valid mm-hmm. and it's perfectly human to react to stressful situations yes in that moment when when and, and jen said it because of how they control their anger because our society views them when they lose their anger or temperature or temper or just their their cool they are instantly betrayed a certain way and for lack of better words that word is a bitch yeah in our society when a woman acts out or some way we call them the b word like that is yep damn near instinctually for everyone for anyone who acts out of way like man stop acting like a you know it's just right yeah. there yeah and and in that moment instead of a b they would call her the m word monster yeah and, and it I, hurt I, seeing that it this was the I thought that this this is one of my favorite scenes, not because I enjoyed it, but because I think it was the most effective at trying to get across a message that they were trying to get across. And while I cannot uh, fully sympathize with the plight of women, I can get, try to my best to understand it, but I you know I don't Same. walk in those shoes. Um, I I can kind of get what that aspect is there, but as a minority. <laughs> I can Ooh, tell you a little same. bit about what this what this scene means, and I, and I can kind of connect it to the female plight, because what this scene showed to me in, in a very, very sad way is how oftentimes uh, minorities, and when I mean minorities, I mean minorities in demographic, females, you know, um, gay, gay, the LGBT community, uh, minorities of skin color, of religion, any of that kind of stuff, um, how they can be picked at and prodded and poked and prodded and poked and and turn the other cheek and put their chin up and be prodded and poked and be prodded and poked and try to be motivated and try to be uplifting it can be prodded and poked and they flip out once 
And everyone who's been prodding at poking, poking at them goes, you see, I told you that's how they were. I told right. you that's how I, I told you that's how they were. They already made up her mind about She-Hulk. They just needed her to prove it. And they poked and prodded her until they did. In many cases, you'll have self-respecting minorities get prodded and poked by the police or by, you know, outside insta instigation. And then when they're seen acting outside of how they normally act, it gives those who always hated those people confirmation that they've always been to see. They're just that's just how they are. They've right, always, that's not even in the case. It, it's yeah. the people that poke and prod. They're the ones that should be held responsible and accountable for creating the situations that these people are in. You're all the ones doing this to them. 100%. And then when they they humanly respond in a way that's you know not akin to y'all, and then y'all say, "Yep, that there, there it is." That no, you should hold yourself responsible and say, and uh, first of all, apologize, and then seek to help them because of the damage that you cause. As a society, we should strive to do that. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Right. But I, once I saw that, it, it hit home. I, it, Man, it same. Of, That's why it, it hurt. It made me think of times where people have wanted me to be out of character. We have tried. I've tried to push it, you know, out out of you. And you, you like this. I know how this ends. If I if I cross this line, it, there's no coming back. So I need to bite my tongue and and deal with this BS as as it stands. And I don't blame Jen for getting to where she gets with it. And then you know, next uh, we'll, we'll talk real quickly about the. Um, I love the Savage She Hulk Incredible Hulk opener <laughs> in the final episode. I love, I love that cheesy age of of TV, and I love whenever we devolve our technology to look like how that looked. I thought that I was love cool. that whole scene. That whole scene was just a nice Easter egg of a nice. I love the multiverse saga that ran. <laughs> yeah, just the acknowledgement. Like you don't need a champion it. You're not trying to say one's better than the other. Just in the acknowledgement of it, you know. Um, so I super, super dug that, but in an instance, Mallory comes and talks to her and gives her the freaking Superman speech that I've been talking about forever. Cause Jen's like, you saw what they did. And she goes, yeah, but you're not a normal person. You're a Hulk. You can't just, you understand? Even if the reasoning seems right, you still can't because of the amount of power that you have. You're not allowed to slip up once. A pilot can't slip up once. <laughs> you understand? Superman is not allowed to slip up once. So that's why when it was like, oh, it, it was just that one time. It's like, it's fine that he did it, but we have to show the pure ramifications of that kind of stuff. Because when you, the more powerful that you are, the less you're allowed, the less leeway that you're given because your decisions mm -hmm. do very, very dangerous things. You're not allowed to, to slip up. And it may seem unfair, but that's just the way that it works. And I think Superman understands that. He's realized that he's not allowed to to screw up just once it, everything is done you know by precision and she hulk is going to start moving that way there's no doubt about Definitely. it in my mind. she's going to start moving in a way that everything that she does is going to be picked apart you know uh people are going to ascribe motivations that she doesn't have people are going to lie and and and, and twist right the yeah to fit it how they got to be so it she has to do everything now moving forward covering her own ass and the ass of everybody uh, the people that she works with people like daredevil all that stuff it's crazy right and i think that highlights one of the more important aspects of the show like um not every show needs like a true antagonist and i think that's why they were hyping tatiana Mo Mo uh not okay. tatiana uh, uh titania's yeah they're hyping her character up to make her seem like she's gonna be an antagonist just like abomination but no it's not really about that it's about mindsets 
or, or just how people perceive people that's truly or just the lack of information that's the true like enemy in the show or like self-identity or not knowing oneself like there are those concepts those are like the real enemies that, or the real antagonists of the show it's not always by like a physical threat or something people you know there's always like uh, always an inner battle that everyone and anything is fighting and we're seeing that in the she-hulk and uh, they highlight that like as after matt murrow they highlighted those struggles that she's going through like beautifully actually to me personally yeah but I don't know what you're talking about, A-Rob, because these all got to end the same way. The villain has to get the same powers as the hero. <laughs> a big punch him up at the end. It's Yellow Jacket. It's Iron Monger. It's, it's Killmonger. All the mongers. Bring all the mongers over. You know what I'm it, it's all of them. Same powers as the hero. It's Morbius. Same powers as the hero. <laughs> Fight at the end. That's how this is going to be. And it seems like we're pairing up for something very similar as, uh, you know, Walters has to deal with the fact that what she did, she actually loses her job. She gets an, in an inhibitor placed on her. Um, and uh, she decides because of everything sucking in the world around her that she is just going to go uh, see Bronsky again and see what's going on over there. In the meantime, um, Nikki has been doing her best to hack into intelligence Gentia, and she's she needs pug because pug is a dude so she's gonna send pug uh into, yeah, he's been a realist yeah he's, <laughs> they're gonna send pug in as a mole um they do another little homage here there is a video that's shown very quickly that's supposed to be jen of in college kind of dancing playfully uh and yeah. this, this this leaks and this is this is what she uses to kind of get on intelligentsia's good side there was a very famous video of uh uh, AOC, yep, AOC, yep, dancing in college uh, on the and, rooftop. Yep, and everyone was like, "Yo, you see, this is why we can't take her serious because she likes to have fun when she was in school." <laughs> Man, when I saw that, I, I put that in the same category as everyone who was tripping about Obama wearing a tan suit or putting mustard on his hot dog. I'm like, y'all was really want to complain about nothing, huh? She's but in when, college. But when Bill Clinton pulls out a saxophone, then it's fun. That's all. That's all. Right? That's all fun, Daddy. Everything is or, fantastic. Or, or, you know, Trump golfing while there's a hurricane and a disaster going on. You know, yeah, that's, that's all cool. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, other people doing normal things is a wrong thing. All right. <laughs> right. And, um, oh, you know, the, the way they tore into that, like I said, it was very reminiscent of that kind of stuff. Pug infu is able to infiltrate this stuff. I love that. And now it's got me kind of being uh, conscious of it. I love that she's like, whatever you do, just refer to all women as female. <laughs> right? I... I started checking myself because I wonder for the longest why, like my my women friend, my brother, I felt like a better words, my female friends got upset. Right, right. I was like this, like female, and it is like yeah. act like I called them like the b word. I'm like, chill. Right. You call me all types of man, dude, motherfucking ain't. Yeah. I call you. Fast. But I guess they knew. I guess they never do say males though. If if, and, if if males became like as used as female, I think we'd have an issue with it. If people were like and the males, they think. <laughs> hey, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? It creates a separation. It's almost like an other. Oh my goodness. And then it's my girlfriend that said this came up to me and just said, male, if you don't get <laughs> our instantly <laughs> feel little demoralized. That's okay. what I'm saying. It almost I see de it. Oh. dehumanizes, devalues. Yes, um, oh, there it is. Oh my goodness. That show just keeps on teaching, bro. That's that's oh, what I'm on that's the other side, y'all. I understand. And like I said, a lot of this stuff is being brought up to me for the first time. So you're either going to have one of two reactions. You're either going to go, oh, 
I exhibit some of that behavior. That might be a bit problematic. It's not make or break for me to change, so it shouldn't matter. I should just change because it doesn't. I don't. Ha, I don't hold any really strong opinions about how what I call <laughs> them or you know any of that kind of stuff. Or right. you go, oh, they, this is terrible. What are they saying against men? Not all men are like this. Is over. Right, and yeah, if you're having yeah, that yeah. reaction, that kind of feels like one of those like farted, you smelled it, kind of smelled the delta kind of situations where it's right, like, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. You're you're getting super personal about this because I think you exhibit more than one of these traits that these uh, gentlemen uh, have in there. Um, I love that they're like that. Uh, you find out that Todd. Is the Hulk King? Bit disappointing there, a uh, little bit. But I guess sometimes it is a, a non-assuming piece of trash that just is able to rope all this stuff all together. I think of that Milo. Remember that Milo guy that used to be on YouTube all the time? Oh Milo, yeah. Uh, I can't even remember his name, but he was just an instigator, and he's just a piece of trash. He wasn't a very strong person. He wasn't a very influential person. He was just a yeah, very he was just- loud. <laughs> And yeah. just made horrible waves in the YouTube community. Yeah, like Todd really was just on his. It was Agatha all along. He was just right there in plain sight the whole time. Like it was, I wasn't expecting that. I was really, I was yeah, I was expecting more of the grandiose from Hulk King. I'm like, who was it? The leader? Or is it gonna be some random person with gamma irradiated? Is it gonna be like randomly Red Hulk? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Like Todd, Todd, really Todd. And then there's another <laughs> there's another choice in this because we see Blonsky show up to this intelligentsia event. And I think a lot of people who were watching this show were waiting to see whether or not Blonsky was being on the up and up about being re- rehabilitated, right? And yeah. I guess I guess we're, I'm a bit confused because it seems to want to have its cake and eat it too. Because him being there should be confirmation that he's not changed right because these people are anti-hulk and he just fought the hulk and he's and he's also lying because he's the abomination he's not supposed to be the abomination so seeing those two things makes you think he hasn't changed but then it's made very apparent that he doesn't even really know who these people are and he doesn't really even really know what these people are about they paid him to speak at this engagement and thus that's why he's doing it um so all i could think about as far as why they would do that is one, we might need a good Blonsky in the future uh, for Thunderbolts. He might still be somebody for that because we're going to see him leave his cell again at the end of the series. Um, but two, it could be the case that if like, you don't have to be the one per- uh, perpetuating the hate. If you engage in the hate, if you, if you attend the hate, <laughs> you know, if you give the hate a platform, you're as culpable by Blonsky being there with these She-Hulk hating people. You very much could color him as a She-Hulk person, and he can say, "I didn't know." He could say, "Well, then that's kind of your that's kind of your fault that you don't know that." Like, look right, you into your research. Look into the kind of people that you're you're hanging out with because they have some pretty yeah. extreme uh, fucking views. In, in yeah, stuff. and that's and that's happening in society. Like a lot of YouTubers, I think uh, PewDiePie came on the fire for Kanye West. Rubbish. Kanye West, yeah, man. <laughs> Another man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kanye. Wake up, Mr. West. Like, please, please, Bernie, please. Not doing their research and just fronting something because they they have this platform and they don't realize, like, if you represent something, you're representing a lot of that thing. Yeah. And because you're like, it's it's so, it's prevalent. Do your research, people, before you just, like, you know, take any brand. 
make sure you understand that the brand that demographic is for. <laughs> Yeah, like because totally. there could be some really darker, shady things going on in that organization. And you just putting up your hands and saying you don't know—it's not an answer anymore. Not in the world right. of, uh, not in the uh, information age. Not in the, not in the world of real accountability. Not not in the age of accountability and information gap. No, man, people are petty to dig up something from ten years or fifteen years ago. Nah. <laughs> yeah. She Hulk shows up. She gets into in Blonsky's face about his lying seemingly about yeah. what happened um and then todd's like oh yeah look, she hulk's here well did you know i took your blood and uh i want to be a hulk you didn't deserve those powers and he injects it into himself i was kind of hoping this would kill him i was kind of hoping that he would just like pop like a balloon or something like that <laughs> like um, an, uh what if just yeah. like that what when the hulk just like exploded yes but he just became like a come at me bro bro like a hulked out come at me bro bro yeah. for for a hot second i thought we were going to get um the other uh another famous hulk character uh doc sampson i thought yeah, he was gonna yeah. be like do a spin on him for a second i was really hoping that was gonna be the case i was oh man yeah i think they actually portrayed samson in the one of the hulk movies but he was in a hulk he was just already yeah he was um betty ross's from, uh new husband the dude from a modern family right yep 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 yeah yeah um, so then it becomes a full-on cluster. Hulking is there. <laughs> the abomination's there. Bruce randomly shows up. Titania busts through the wall. One of my favorite lines from the whole show is uh, Nikki going, does that bitch not know how to use a door or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> whole finale was just a gas. <laughs> and just her dropping that line made me laugh because it, literally it's almost shot for shot the same shot every time. Her busting through, kind of fixing her hair <laughs> and whatever. And so she's like, so she really not know how to use a door. Um, like her, her personal hero growing up was the Kool Aid Man. Like, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> just bust through the door, wearing some red and saying, "Oh yeah, striking a pose." <laughs> Hulk literally falls out of the sky. Uh, Bruce Banner's Hulk literally just falls out of the sky. Um, and starts doing battle with the other Hulk, who's then abominations there. It's a whole thing. Um, but Walter's like, nah, screw this. She breaks her inhibitor, breaks the fourth wall. Cause she's like, did any, like, what's going on here? Then I love at one point, she's like, did, is this what you guys want? Like making us right. feel guilty. None of these storylines make in no sense. Right. <laughs> so she busts out of the streaming service. Uh, the, the most meta thing ever <laughs> when it went back to the menu i was like did it did it just did it just like kick me out of this show same <laughs> and nope it's her she busted out she uh busted out of her show and went into a marvel studios assembled which is hilarious because that's where these people would be because that's where we that's the only time we see them the only time we ever see the writers and stuff in marvel right. is in assembled so she goes through assembled to meet uh the writers of she hulk and and jessica gao is there they're talking about ideas uh, um, about stuff. She's giving them a whole bunch of crap because she's saying all of this stuff is unoriginal. It's the same old crap. She's like, oh, the, the villain has the hero's powers. I wonder who thought about that original idea. So mm -hmm. she's getting super down on it. Um, and she's like, well, you know what? I demand to meet with Kevin. Now, I kind of had this spoil for me because I watch things with subtitles because I can't always hear what they say. And so when she said she wanted to speak to Kevin, it was already broken up in the dots. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, that's yeah, an accident. Same here. I was like, I, when th this whole episode definitively became one of the top, my first personal top 
five finales in the MCU just because of yeah. how meta it became. Super she meta. hopped out of the streaming service into another show, into essentially what's supposed to be our universe, but still just another universe, a part of the multiverse. Yep. Not like our universe, but kind of the same, but sort of like, because that's Jessica, that, that's the writer right there. But sitting there, yep. My brain, it took me so like a split second, but like a long second just to, <laughs> just to yeah. fathom, take it all and eat this entire plate of what we are getting. It, it was just extra, it was ex- extraordinary. Is this alienating to those that are not super deep into all this? I mean, I don't really... These are not people whose opinions I worry about much, but to play devil's <laughs> advocate, do you think this is a bit confusing or alienating to those who don't understand, or don't, maybe those who may not even know who Kevin Feige is? At this point, it'd be kind of weird if you didn't know who Kevin Feige is. He runs Marvel Studios. He's the one giving us this. It's like not He's the one above all. <laughs> yeah, it's like not knowing who runs Apple or Amazon, you know? Like, you know, they make all these products. You, you should know who makes the product, you know? Yeah. So, like, when I saw the acronym, I thought that was super meta. Like, they were like, they, they really about to put Kevin Feige in the show? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then we see her go to seemingly the Black Widow hallway. <laughs> the Paul White hallway. Get, I have a little fight. Random big energy music drop. Like they just drop it for like twenty seconds and she's whooping yeah, thousands, man. and then she just goes through like that. I was like, that was. I, I, I felt I felt I felt bad. I, I like the hallway scene, but I'm like, man, they're just doing the jobs. I'm pretty sure it's minimum wage. hundred percent. Yeah, but right. they were still moving. They were there was no blood. They weren't. They weren't like they ain't going to the ICU. They might have a strong headache. <laughs> I, I love that they made her sign an NDA. <laughs> right. That was pretty funny. That's still a lawyer show. <laughs> but yeah, she finds she gains access to this big room and we meet K.E.V.I.N, an artificial intelligence that claims to be in charge of the MCU storyline decisions. And it's a machine with a little hat. With a little brim, I guess I should say, not a hat. It was a hat. So I thought the, I thought the brim was hilarious. I like the I like the whole uh, you could change back into Jen, but wait till the camera cuts because we don't have the VFX. Super meta, super meta for a show. They're like, like, I can't they're, even they're like our VFX artists. Our VFX artists have already moved on to another project, and you hear dum, 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 with the little Wakandan <laughs> drums. <laughs> so crazy writing. I was, I was cracking. Up. I, I was dying because that's so in in our universe. Because that's literally what happens. Once a VFX team is done with a project, they're already on the next thing, and probably already on the fourth thing after that. Like, and and, and, and it also goes to show how how iconic those little drums are, right? That you can just drop them and know what they're talking about. You automatically know when you hear the. Yep, it's like up. Oh. Like you, you know, you know. Yeah, Wakanda Forever stuff. Um, so good, so good. I did, uh, I did the Wakanda Forever shrug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they. She brings up the X Men. Uh, she brings up how all the Marvel characters have daddy issues. Uh, it's true. I, I love, it's, it's like Loki, same daddy, same issues. <laughs> that line was pretty funny. Um, and then she just tears apart the finale. She's like, Hulk shouldn't be there to save me. 
I don't need a mustache twirling villain that has the same powers as me. Todd's a villain just because he's a villain, not because he has the same powers. He's a villain because of what he's just choosing to do. Emil should um, deal with the consequences of breaking his probation by turning into abomination. And I, the basically the big thing, the big climax for me is realizing who I am in this whole scheme of things, which is uh, definitely a change from how we handled all this in the past. So she makes light of, of how formulaic Marvel can be, um, which is a theme in, in and of itself. I thought that was uh, a bit intriguing. Um, I love that. I love that he says like, uh, all right, bye. See you on the silver screen. And she goes, really? And he goes, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> that hurt my feelings, but I really, 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 really hope that, 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 that that's a lie. There is no way they can introduce this kind of character and not bring her to the silver screen. She's loved. Everyone loves She-Hulk. And then with season two looming, like, uh, that makes me wonder, like, are they not going to introduce the majority of the show characters, like the TV show characters, to the greater landscape, landscape, ah, landscape yeah, right. of the silver screen? Like, that would be weird not to, right? Right? I, was, I also was wondering, because she tells him all these changes and he makes these changes, the only issue that I had is I now don't know what happened with the whole blood thing. That is very true. Like, like is that... the blood still taken? Did he not get to inject it? Have we removed the entire plot of the blood thing because she didn't dig it? Like, that's that's the only confusion I have. Because I already think that this should have been a bit shorter. And if you take out, a, you take out that a whole intelligentsia blood thing, like, it's almost like, why did we even do it? Then we could have just made this a bit tighter. With the Bruce training, the super suit, the uh, Daredevil, and then kind of finished it up th in this way. Um, so I was a little confused as to where that all lands there. But um, she, I guess she's hired back by G the, her firm. G yeah, it was like Glockman. Glock and H. GLK and H. Yeah, there it is. GLK and H. So, yeah, they they hire her back as we see her on the steps in that beautiful purple suit um, um they go and have a bit of a um a family kind of a fast and furious family barbecue at the end kind of thing and um did matt goes matt just shows up in the thing oh because she says she tells Kevin that she would love to see Matt Murdock again like can you find yep, a way yep, to put yep. Matt Murdock again in the show he's there yeah, he doesn't I do will try yeah, he doesn't do anything. Like, he doesn't save her life or anything like that. He's literally just there because the character wanted him to be around. And, and then literally, he just literally just like landed out of the sky, out of nowhere, just superhero landing. And yeah. Just, and she's like, "Hi, Matt." Just, and he's like, "Hey, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Happy to see you too. Like, yeah, just what's up?" <laughs> uh, he, I love that she's like, "And can Matt Murdock come back? Because uh, women's got needs." <laughs> like, and, and that's true. Women do have needs. And like Hulk smash things, Hulk smash things, bro. It, it's not just physical objects. Yes, they smash 100%. humans in other ways. Wink, snoo. wink, nudge, nudge. Snoo, snoo. I'm yeah, telling you, snoo, bro. Snoo. That's <laughs> that shit's real. <laughs> Matt's life's been changed. I was definitely confused with that as well with the blood plot line, but I I assume that the that he didn't since he didn't inject himself, it was just still in that case and damage okay. control. Gotta gotta you know they. Got an open and shut case, for lack of better words, and they hauled off all these intelligentsia, dark web, and so haters that literally tried to commit a murder to 
theft and stealing someone's genetic materials to create super soldiers. That's a even though the Scorpion Codes were repealed. Well, that's no I mean, <laughs> if if uh, damage control is grabbing that up, it's not uh, far fetched to say that that bio could land on the desk of the Secretary of Defense, Mister Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, <laughs> and now he has his own right, bit of Hulk in the blood. Bill hands. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. There, oh, yeah, there oh, it is. Yeah. yeah no, nope, no. Nope, I'm going with your thing. I'm going with yeah. your thing. I, wait, I want Rick Jones. We need Rick Jones. Where's Rick Jones? Is yeah, at? Where is Where's Bruce Banner's best friend? That's where his best friend. We need to get Rick Jones in this in this piece. Uh, you know, he has his own arc in this. Um, and so, yeah, we need it. We need to flesh out a bit of that. But super endearing seeing Daredevil deal with the questioning of uh, She-Hulk's family and <laughs> about his practice and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I, I do it in Hell's Kitchen. We don't get paid very much or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, and they're talking about like the rent in California and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. as they're talking about family, Bruce shows up randomly with his son, Sakar from his son, Scar from Sakar. <laughs> Right, Scar uh, from Sakar. He's from Sakar, and his name is Scar. People have had <laughs> a lot of opinions about this, bro. So many opinions. I forgot the actor's name that does the voice. Oh, not the voice. The uh, motion cap for a uh, Scar. But I'm not mad. I was not upset. I was hyped seeing Scar just just because I'm that kind of guy that could, I guess my brain sits in a dichotomy of both past present and future so i accept the character as is like in that moment like oh my god i'm seeing him he looks weird but how did he get this way did he go through a rite of passage with the shadow guard was he leader did he take over sakar did he go through a rite of passage to become the terms of himself and not become a wild boy no more and become a civilized hawk like did Hulk straighten him out and bend him over his knee and start to spank him? So he, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna clean you up, boy. You're gonna get loot right when I go to Earth. You're gonna look like a fool in front of my friends, like you know, like is what? Is he also How gonna did he get here? Yeah, is he gonna turn? Because that was right? the big thing about him initially was like he wanted Hulk. He was coming for Daddy, you know. Like, uh, so I wonder if like this is like the beginnings of of something uh that could get very dastardly later on. I love that there has been a out. Line, uh, online debate uh, about his hair people not actually <laughs> digging it too much um but i don't know why people are focused on it so like a, it's people just want something to complain about because then they're, they're not questioning like how did he get why did he get the hair because i'm like how do you get those tattoos why does he have his tattoos you know like but it, the funny thing know, about the hair is story people, to tell. people have already allowed marvel to close that door for them because who cuts hair on sakar yep <laughs> and he's an old in the chair with yeah. a snapper. I, I got a wiggly arm. Exactly. I so, I used to be. Hey, man, you know, you get what you can get. So that's, what, that's how my boy got his shape up, and that's just what right. it is. <laughs> shape up, they push the line all the way back. Which is a travesty in, it, of it, in and of itself, to be honest. Like that, you're probably moving around too much. You should Same be able to shoot. Stand still. <laughs> you, should, you should be able to sue for that level of shit right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, but yeah, she regained her job. She's uh, clear of all charges and she vows to work as both a lawyer and a superhero. Um, she says like, basically she will defend those in the lines of the law. And if push comes to shove, she'll handle them outside the lines of the law if need be, which is something that she actually learned from daredevil. You know, Matt's the one who posited that kind of giving her the great power, great responsibility speech. And it seems to have resonated. So that's super interesting there. Um, yeah uh but, but the and mid credit scene is Wong breaking out Blonsky and taking him to Carmitage. 
Uh, so that's interesting there. And the, he says a really meta line too. Like we're we are really yes. in the era of peak TV. Wong summed up this entire show in one line, and the whole phase five, four, five, and six. We are in peak Marvel television. We are peak entertainment right now. Compared to phase one, what what shows were out there? What what there was like six movies in phase one. Now we have twenty. 20 in just one phase, 20 properties versus six. We're yeah. eating. We're eating. You were talking about the meta of it, man. I, it, there was, we had been dealing with meta for so long that I was taking all his words as meta. So when Wong opens the door, he goes, Oh, what did you get sucked in another? What took you so long? He got sucked in another show. I thought he meant like sucked in another Disney Plus show. Like I thought he meant that Wong was sucked in another thing. And then Wong says, What? Yeah, man, it really is the peak of television. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. It's, funny. it's funny as hell. It's like he's getting sucked into literally other shows and it's the peak of Marvel television at the moment. But then when I, when he says something about Sopranos again, I was like, oh, okay. They, they were talking about like literally sucked into a TV. Like he was watching it. But initially I thought they were being like literal, like Wong, like he's getting pulled in various directions in the MCU. So I was late, bro, because I had to go to, to talk to Shang-Chi for a bit. And then I had to, you know, deal with this dude, uh, Donnie Blaze. And now I'm coming and with you man uh, you know you're watching stuff. season four of sopranos Wong. That's what, it was. <laughs> what do you what do you think this leads what do, what do you think this is about blonsky going to carmitage well definitely with she hulk with the show ending where she's at she's definitely in a great spot a great place for, for her to move forward because now she can go in any direction but with abomination going to carmitage man oh man i have no idea where this can go this, this can set up a whole new arc for him well with especially with him being well i it'd be weird for him not to be on the thunderbolts they need a hulk instead of just a team of the super soldiers and assassins they need some muscle and some real muscle will be in a reformed abomination and it'll be and it'll be a good way for him to pay his debt back to society as well too yeah. uh, through a government-sponsored backed by the protector of earth avengers initiative program thing since all the world consoles are connected and da 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 protect the earth from dangerous threats you know however way they can spin it we are definitely we're definitely going to see more of abomination in that strong man muscle hawk i guess for like a better words he'll be the hawk for the thunderbolts like the hawk was for the avengers he's the he'll be the strong guy yeah I also think that Tim Roth had a blast on this, bro. He looked like oh, he yeah, was having definitely. so much fun um, being able to play both versions, but definitely just being able to play like this. The fun was that no one knew how to deal with the new Emil. <laughs> that was the fun yeah. that he looked like to be having. He's like, I, yeah, I'm Jane. Like, you, you could get bent up about it, but this is me. You cannot believe it. You could argue with other people about it, but this, yeah, I'm super chill now. This is what I do, you know. So I thought yeah. that was that was super that was super duper fun. So much meta, all those things and more. Um, we're seeing that Marvel is continuing to open up the gates when it comes to the kind of shows that they're trying to do and the kind of characters that they're trying to portray. Still choosing to believe in the brightness of do goodery if you will, still trying to portray these reluctant men and women as people brave enough to stand against evil. I say all this because the next thing that we'll be reviewing next week is Black Adam. <laughs> and Ooh, that is man. that is the uh, latest anti-hero entry in the large anti-hero library that is, uh, oh, bro, 
check this out. Remember we were earlier today, we were just talking about how, wow, Black Adam, that was the last movie since uh, The Suicide Squad. The Batman, yeah. bro. The Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, The Joker, too. In 20 yeah, oh, my goodness. yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah. It's so weird because those movies are, like, disconnected from the... It, um, Isn't that crazy? That is That's crazy. how our mind works. They just get shuffled into another pile because they're not... But this is what you're doing, DC. You don't know that you're doing this, but this is what our your fan, the fandom's minds is going. Oh, that doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't uh, exist or whatever. Because the fandoms evolve. We want like grand, not grandiose storytelling, but connected storytelling. Episodic, it, yeah, yeah. Like we know from comics, this all this stuff is based off of that these characters interact, these stories intertwine, that these people meet. Yeah, we want to see that. Like, so give it to us, right? You know. Should be a lot easier than you're doing it. But Rock has levied a lot on this, including infuriating me by playing out saying what the post credit scene is in this film, which to me screams a complete lack of confidence in this property. But we will see how this goes. I have um when we do this next week, we'll actually have Joe with us. Uh Joey, who's done a lot of uh the back the back behind the scenes stuff for comic book click he's our big numbers guy and he is going to illustrate why he thinks the promotion failed this film or the promotion of this film failed this film uh which i mean you could kind of already see because like i said if you have to spoil you what what's teased in the post credit of the film then maybe your film isn't as strong as you thought it was hey i'm kind of getting venom 2 vibes a little bit you know what I called Venom 2? I called Venom 2 a post-credit that needed a film. That's what I called Venom wow. 2. And I feel like we're getting in the same thing. They just want to get that post-credit established. So everything that happens in the movie is going to happen. That's fine. But that's what they want you to see. That, that's <laughs> and, crazy. Uh, and yeah. that's insane. That That's kind of what that <laughs> feels like. Because that's how it feels about that news too. And I'm like, why yeah. would they do that? Just randomly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it's why only, it's only for this. <laughs> it's only for this moment. But you guys are gonna have to uh, tune in next week to get uh, our thoughts on Black Adam. I can't wait to dive into either the greatness or the mediocreness of that film or whatever it right. is gonna be. But we are constantly breaking down the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media at comicbookclick.com. It's where our articles are. It's where our merchandise is. Um, you can support us by hitting that shop cbc link at comicbookclick.com and purchasing a uh piece of uh clothing or anything that we've designed all the designs have been done by me so you can purchase shirts tank tops laptop cases pillow pillows i think it's pillows um pillows. <laughs> posters all kinds of stuff all exclusively designed by us and we get a kickback of all that if you go to comicbookclick.com and you hit that support cbc link it'll take you to our patreon where for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, Man, uh, couch nothing. cushion, couch cushion change. You can help support us. We wouldn't want you to go bankrupt supporting us, but if these things fall out of your pocket and land in our accounts, uh, you know, we wouldn't be upset. Uh, we provide uh, these, Yeah, we provide this in-depth coverage <laughs> every single week free of charge. So we, you know, any kind of support that we can get monetarily helps. And like I said, you can purchase merchandise and then you get to walk away with something you can donate with 
the Patreon and help us grow. Um, but if you don't have any financial way to help us, consider rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. Because if you rate it something high, when people are looking for our kind of content, we'll be the first ones to pop up. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Our numbers are going well now. So people are talking to each other about this podcast. Super exciting. Um, I would also like to announce that as of this recording, we have broken eight thousand likes on facebook i believe this year we started at five five i want to say maybe even five straight and we've now almost doubled our numbers uh our goal is to hit 10 at the end of the year that seems like a lofty goal man but you guys are the best you guys have been killing it as far as likes and shares so um we're gonna keep on keeping on we're gonna reach for the stars and if we uh miss we will at least hit the moon or the moon night so that's (laughs) when it comes to that there um you can follow us every bit of social media that we cover. We're on all social media at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click. Use that hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books, comic book media. And we're also at major issues CBC on Twitter, constantly posting not only updates to the podcast schedule or dank memes or casting news, but on our Facebook, we're actually going through a tournament of the MCU's first three phases. And that's been pretty interesting as well. So consider following us on Facebook and participating in the It's Just a Phase tournament uh, because that's been a lot of fun. I also would be remiss, uh, A-Rob, I know that you are out there killing it not only in the sphere that is Comic Book Click, but you have your own Twitch channel. Would you like to tell the people where they can find you uh, doing your inter- uh, promotional. Oh thing. yeah, for sure. You guys can follow me at Omega Avenger Twenty Six on Twitch, or you can just search A Rob the Marvel God. I am out there on all things. You know, I share. I I'm, I'm pretty entertaining, I guess. I don't know. I'm so nervous <laughs> in my introduction, but uh, <laughs> I do gameplay. I do reviews. We talk Marvel stuff. It's pretty fun. Check out some of me and my friends. Once again, Twitch channels, Omega Avenger 26. Check me out. Yeah, man. I know. Just like the MCU, sometimes you finish a show and you're like, how can I get more content? That's how you get more content. Follow us everywhere else because we do this each and every week. But when we're not here, we are taking over the globe. So make sure that you're following Comic Book Click and A-Rob the Marvel God in each and every one of our ventures that we go to in the future. But I believe that might be every single plug. Join, join us next week for our Black Adam recap and review you uh my name is george serrano aka the don and i'm aaron robertson aka a rob the marvel guy and this has been our she hulk season one i think <laughs> recap and for now for now recap and review and remember whether you are an abomination sensational savage when you consider yourself a bit incredible remember that we are the click And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.